This is Connor Crace, and you're listening to Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Lauren. Lucky for you, she's talking to a couple of professional actors who are actually good at doing accents. I would say hers more get by on charisma and less on natural rhythm and placement. So buckle up, strap in, it's sure to be a good crack, or it might be pure shite. Give it a lash and find out. I'm happy to be back from my hiatus, and welcome to Season 2 of Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring. Since the last episode, I released two books that were co-authored with Connor Crace. First was Decker, Changing the Play, and that audiobook will be out on March 10th with truly, truly wonderful duet narration by Connor and Mackenzie Cartwright featuring Ava Lucas and Ron Butler, who is just a breath of fresh air. And even though um, Ronnie Butler didn't have tons of lines, he totally nailed it. Um, And A Very Vegas St. Patrick's Day came out mid-February. The audiobook is already available. And that's duet narration with the dazzling vocal stylings of Connor and Mackenzie. In today's episode, I'm joined by my co-author Connor Crace and his co-narrator, Mackenzie Cartwright, a.k.a. the official voice of Kaylee Loring's Lady Parts. You may have heard me speak to both of them separately in other episodes of this podcast last year, but this is the first time the three of us got to hang out together on a Zoom in quite a while, and these are two of my very favorite people in the whole world, so I hope you have fun listening to us. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Mackenzie Cartwright is just an incredibly talented Audi-nominated voice actor. She currently has well over 150 titles under that name that she's narrated on Audible, and she has appeared in every single one of my audiobooks, starting with Sexy Nerd. Connor Crace now has the same number of titles on Audible as she does after only about two years or so narrating romance audiobooks, so he really has been busy. And he and Mackenzie just pair up so well together as narrators because they're both so skilled and wildly talented, and uh, and they have great big personalities. Uh, This episode is going to be in two segments. Segment one is me talking with Mackenzie and Connor. Segment two is just me and Connor answering fan questions. So I hope you enjoy. Admitting... Mackenzie Cartwright, Mackenzie Cartwright has entered the Zoom. Which accent are we doing? (laughs) This is my Eliza Doolittle accent, which sometimes, sometimes slips into Australian. And I can't help it. I'm a good girl, I am. Nope, that was terrible. That was Good start. Thanks. <laughs> We're off to the races. <laughs> Actually, Hi. I think I think it was, if my memory serves, it was Dover, move your blooming ass. Oh, for crying out loud. That was perfect. Uh. <laughs> um I think we should do an episode where you give me acting lessons. <laughs> Let's do it. 
you can give me then you can give me writing lessons writing lessons and right, I'll um, give you writing lessons too I mean I don't know how to ride a horse but I can teach you how to ride a bicycle how's that motorcycle you know yeah, I, I for I our MC the, series the rule is whatever it is I have to fail miserably at it but I have to give the most valiant attempt ever you know like I'm all right I'm all right as I as I fall and I have like you know road burn on that's my, so funny that's also my, my rule <laughs> just just so you know everyone that's what I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing everything on purpose I try to suck on purpose Connor Connor is well see I know the difference between us is I'm actually trying to do it right but I'm still <laughs> failing <laughs> you are not Con- Connor Connor's the only one he's gonna have to drag both of us by the hand you know well we're in trouble <laughs> I'll stop the bike I'm not gonna drag you <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop the bike. We'll just be riding in the little basket on the handlebars. Like E.T. motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> like a couple of E.T.'s. To the moon. Yeah, so Connor's, Connor's feeling a bit under. Are you still feeling under the weather or are you just? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you all peppy now that Mackenzie's here? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's an energy injection for sure. <laughs> yeah. I will, uh, okay, if I, if I were there, Connor, I'd be making you, I'd be making you a Mac attack, but a different sort of Mac attack, which is, um, my homemade chicken soup, um, with, uh, with carrots and chicken and little pieces of dill floating in it. Uh, Dill? Um, oh, always, always. Well, this podcast started too sexy already. I know he this is an an entirely different reaction from when I told him I would like to share my Chinese herbal you're like it's disgusting (laughs) Max like well I would provide you this delicious delicious gourmet and you're like well I I have this sludge from the well I have this like brownie black substance that doesn't taste amazing but it really really works how's that Mm. You mm. just you just need someone. You just need one. I'll of add the, dill. <laughs> you need one of the Russian landlords or one of the one of the New York <laughs> landlords from our. You say, take it, eat it. Take it. It's, it's good for you. Don't you must don't, eat. Don't complain. Don't complain. How's that? Eh. Get it down your throat. Actually, um, that that's going somewhere. This will this will conclude uh, <laughs> the throat. political portion Connor of our podcast. That. But they were Ukrainian landlords. Well. And, uh, I- so can, can I just make a can I make a prediction here? I, yes. I would just like to say, first of all, that I can do a boss Ukrainian accent. And then second of all, um, no, but not nearly half as badass as the Ukrainian people. But I predict there are going to be some Ukrainian freedom fighter heroes in romance novels uh, just popping up all over the place. I think, yeah, like politicians, world world leader type heroes, you mean? Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's got to be, there's got to be some resistance fighter who falls in love. Yeah, I'm just saying the authors, the authors right now are, have got to be doing what, you know, you, you guys are both authors. I am not. So the way I picture you guys writing is everything I've seen in the movies. So I picture you with little teeny tiny typewriters like Ernest Hemingway going tick, 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 or like moleskin notebooks, like war correspondence from the 1940s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 me. I'm like a journalist. I'm just like, yep, yep, yep. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yep, definitely not write... dictating on a treadmill in my office. Who's <laughs> definitely not it doing is, that? There's a, a view of some French countryside outside <laughs> my window. 
just yeah. you really, you know, the movies, the movies have ruined me for, for everything because it, every yeah. job that I think somebody has that I don't know what that is, I've gotten from a movie where I've just yeah. like filed it back in my brain somewhere. And so, yeah, I picture you both in like matching berets and <laughs> like licking, licking the end of your pencils going, yep. and putting it behind your ear and, you know, like stroking your chins and going like, again, and, you've made this podcast very sexy. Yeah. And um, drinking, yeah. drinking whiskey. Berets, licking. Uh, <laughs> licking pencils. berets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or, or wait, wait, right just, just, just one more thing. Let, let me know if I'm anyway on the, on the right track. But when I was a child, uh, this is, this is way too much information, but it's when not. I was a kid, the way I got things like HBO or Showtime was when they would turn on the, um, they would, they would give you like a sample two weeks of it, mm-hmm. but sometimes they would forget to turn it off in my neighborhood. <gasps> so we would get yep. to watch, we, I, and I watched as way too young. I watched Troop Beverly Hills over and over. And all I can remember <laughs> is the lady who is the, the Roman, like the Barbara Cart, Cartland, like type who's in her car with her little dictaphone. Just going, ah. Pushed, she pushed her hair back from her forehead as she's dropping her kid off to the to the brownie. Does anybody remember this? I never actually watched that movie, but um, me neither. I watched heavy metal. I like have at four in the morning. It blew my mind <laughs> when I was in high school. Have you seen that heavy metal? Okay, I I did have a boyfriend who like made me watch it. Um, okay, to see if we were compatible. You know, how'd that go? Well, <laughs> it's. That boyfriend sounds like he's far away in time. That, that so. boyfriend moved moved to Canada and never returned. <laughs> it's like the opposite of, yeah, I've got a boyfriend in Canada. It's like, oh, yeah, he moved to Canada. Oh, no, he, I didn't he like... exiled himself. <laughs> you know, like the movie, the, the time when you're when you're getting to know each other. And at least in my in my, you know, in my youth, that was showing that was showing movies to each other and yeah. making making mixtapes for each other or oh, yeah. mix um you know cds or yes uh, they're still know. called mixtapes even mixtapes. though technology is different yeah so so making well, yeah we still say rewind you know <gasps> rewind that that's know. true yeah um Mackenzie, what movie did you show your boyfriends to test compatibility or did you? Oh God, did you know, you that's that? a really good question. Was I it think... true? Beverly Hills? No, no. That's why no, he no, left. <laughs> that's why he left. That that would make anybody flee to, flee to Canada. Um, Shelley Long is not necessarily a movie star. I'm just going to say she's very funny and talented, but that was that Shelley Long or was that, that was, Bette Midler? That was, was Shelley. That was Shelley yeah. Long. Although that was definitely the age of like the Bette Midler. Um, yeah. What's the one where they, they like ruthless people and, and yes. stuff, you know, these were things that my parents were watching that I was kind of like sneaking in yeah. getting an eyeful of. Yeah. Um, what did I make my, I think I made my, I was so damn serious. I made my boyfriends watch things like Excalibur or, um, <laughs> You know, which, which like, who doesn't like, you know, that's swords and shields and stuff. I mean, knights and fighting. I mean, that that's great stuff. But, you know, I was, I was into it because of like. The swords. You know. Yes. Okay. The swords. I admit it. <laughs> and then I'd make them watch like Casablanca. Like, can you understand that this was the time period that I might've been born in? Right. And then I was been born in. later reincarnated because people talked this way. They talked like these amazing screenwriters made them talk and they looked such such a way. So yeah, they, they really got it with both barrels from me. I mean, that would have been good. You know, 
I was, I was over Connor here would have been your boyfriend. Dude. Yeah, if a girl was like, "Hey, we're gonna watch Excalibur and and and, uh, and chase and Casablanca." <laughs> yeah, I would be like, "Okay, yeah, this could have awesome. gone way worse." It, yeah, like, just watch, just watch Excalibur first, and then you can make out during Casablanca. That's, Thank you. Thank you. I'd probably do the opposite. Okay, yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah, I'd probably what? watch Casablanca first, and then make out during Excalibur. Right, because you survived. You showed her that you could survive Casablanca. Well, I like it. Yeah. I'm an actor. You know, I'm not. Yeah, but would you have liked it when you were a teenager? It's <sighs> oh, a good question. That is tricky. That is tricky. I, I mean, really. Because we are talking during these movie times. <laughs> it's mostly about move planning. You know, it's like yeah. When when do you do the arm? Maybe you go for the hand. Yeah. You know, are there strands of hair in the face? You know, <laughs> so are there, are there cigarettes that you can both put in your mouth and then give her one? Like one of my favorites now, Voyager starring Betty Davis. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So like paying attention to the movie, you know. Yeah, that wasn't really. You're half paying attention. You're Netflix and chilling. What yeah. what movies did you did you ever go through a, a phase where you're you're trying out you're trying out the movies on each other type of thing? Or did I you think just he's have still like in a, that phase? Or did you ha- still have a go did you have a go to this is where I can make my move as soon as E.T. and and um Elliot <laughs> Oh are, yeah, that's the well, one. I went I went to say he started making moves when he was eight, so that makes sense. I wouldn't say I had a movie where I was like, okay, first act, we got this move, second act, (laughs) then I can slip in here with the blanket. He likes Uh, to outline everything. But I will say there were movies where I'm like, if I want something to happen, maybe seven isn't the choice. Oh, yes. Um, you know. Okay, but I I actually I like No, I love thrillers. I think thrillers and horror movies are the way to go for date movies. Like, I hate romantic movies. It's true. Well, there there is a move. There is a move she can get close for, you know. Yeah. For for understandable reasons, you know, she can get close. But it gets the adrenaline going, too. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, too. I've always thought that. Aren't I? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant because. Then she gets to shriek and yeah. spill her popcorn and huddle in close, and he gets to put an arm, you know, a comfort yeah. arm around. Yeah, and- yeah exactly. Yeah. But it also... The movie does do some of the work there. That is true. Yeah, but it also, especially for like a first date, and by the way, you guys, you're welcome. I'm giving you, for those of you who are single and dating or even just want a date night with your special partner um, that you're married Bailey, to. This advice <laughs> is like from the 18th century. Okay. You're like, well, when you go on a date okay, to a movie hey. theater, you know, it's like we got COVID No, no, no. It can be at screen. home, like, too. This is so beyond Let what's me... happening right now. Okay. You're like, well, when you go steady and you give your Letterman jacket, it's just like oh what you're saying right now has no bearing on what young people are doing right now. This can be at home. I'm just saying the first time you watch a movie with someone or if you're having a date night with the person that you live with, um, but especially if it's like the first thing, um, don't test them the first time if you actually want it to go well. You want to have a good first date so you can move on to the next one. Watch a scary movie because everybody responds to the same thing in a scary that movie. That would if not it's have gone funny, well with my wife. That would not have gone okay. Okay, but uh, you know, a thriller? It would have gone, it would have gone a well 70s with me. thriller? 
because if any man could put up with me going, don't, don't go in there. You don't, don't, don't scream. Go, don't you don't. In the middle of the movie theater with, with people paying good money. That's another thing. Yeah. I mean, people paying a lot of money to see, see things and be going, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. He's behind the door. You know, I just yeah. can't help myself. Yeah. Yeah. You're that girl. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, you know, my wife and I, she'll watch stuff and I'll watch stuff and, and never the twain shall meet lately. Um, but she had, she had you on, uh, recently. So I'll walk into that every now and again. Did, did <laughs> either of you watch you? I've seen that the la- the third season was brilliant. It's a great show, but the third season was hilarious and brilliant. Yeah. Mackenzie, did you, do you know this? No, no I, I, I have, I have a young, I have a young child and these are going to be known as the lost years uh, oh. for me because the, the 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 time the time that I can devote for um for my own entertainment is uh let's say I I have seen every episode of True in the Rainbow Kingdom the Octonauts the uh, <laughs> we're 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 a puppy Daniel, dog pals house Daniel Tiger oh jeez um, Blaze have you watched Blaze no no not yet don't give me ideas don't give no her it's ideas. good that that has like physics in it and math and. Uh... It's actually educational. Oh, sure, they're good. they're trying to dress it up in that way, but they're they're adi- they're addicted to the the crack pipe of of the or I should say the IV drip of the television. Just oh, as, yeah. just <laughs> as much as we are. <laughs> oh, how, how old? Uh, three. Three. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's four, and my son will be two in a couple weeks. Oh man. So. Right so anyway, so so what is you? So it's like I I can't go near Squid Game or any you know I just you I, you I I mean any time I come near the good. SAG screen where I it, where I break down a show a show that my wife is watching based on me walking into it every <laughs> few minutes during over the course of several weeks what I think the show is about <laughs> um shows about a couple of serial killers uh. That they were in love, and I don't want to give away the end for anyone who hasn't seen it. But the biggest thing is he, my wife told me this, that this actor was on Gossip, Gossip. Girl? He was on Gossip Girl, yeah. He was on Gossip Girl. But he, he does this, uh, like, uh, voiceover during the show, so, like, something will happen. Be like, hey, are you going to that thing? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to that thing. I wasn't going to go to that thing. I wasn't really <laughs> oh interested my God. in that. Oh. So I would, I would walk around the house and yes. she would say something and be like, yeah, yeah. And I would be like, so there I am to myself. I don't know why she would ask me. That. And she'd be <laughs> my, my wife got very upset at me. Be like, don't stop doing that. I'm like, I'm doing said, what? Don't I don't know what you're talking about. Because... She's getting on to me. I, I need to stop doing this. More. <laughs> oh my God. So you're like, she's like, all right, Connor, I'm going to throw in a load of darks to the washer. And you're like, she yeah. wasn't going to throw in a lot of darks. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. going to mix it all with the whites. Yeah. And sure enough, my underwear. I don't know why would she's telling you about her laundry red. habits. Yeah. I think she's trying to kill me. <laughs> okay. So, one thing Are I was starting the show is this like what? This is um this yeah. is this is the show. Ma- Mackenzie Cartwright is the show. One thing though, I did want to ask. Like, I have an actual question. Something. I have like, a question early- too. Earlier, so. earlier, I licked the end of my pencil and wrote this in my moleskin notebook because I, I had this thought. Did you pull it from your trench coat? I pulled it out of my ass because I'm <laughs> naked right now. How hot is that? 
Um, so, well, Connor, did you want to ask your why, very important why don't we, morning? Why don't we end every one of our sex scenes with that? How, how was that? Huh? <laughs> huh? What do you think about that? And then, Connor, then, and then Connor, you can say, actually, it was hot. Actually. It's <laughs> <laughs> really agree. all that it took. I have really. to keep writing with her, so That's of course I said required. it was hot. Yeah. Um, so, but I actually, you know, uh, because Connor is under the weather, or at least he was when it was just me and him, <laughs> um, I actually wanted to know, like, if you guys have a deadline to turn in recordings for an audiobook and you get sick, what do you do? Is it better to record it and meet the deadline, or do you wait until you sound better? Depends on how deadly that deadline is. <laughs> it depends on how deadly that deadline is. It does. Is. It really, really does. There's some there's some people you can say, hey man, I need I need another three days. I'm I'm dying here and I don't want your, you know. And there's some things you you put on your big girl panties and you suffer through. Right. So it you know, it like like every answer that everybody hates, it depends. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what do you think? Mackenzie, Connor? how long how long have you been doing this? My first, my first audiobook. Now, keep in mind, I st I started with a sprinkling, but you know, it didn't. It wasn't a full force gale for a little while. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. But well, my first, my first audiobook, my first radio play was in 2012. Okay, so wow. Okay, it's it's been God, it's been. A and while. how long has it been since it's been like, you know, you got a, as much work as you can, kind of deal with. Well, that was, uh, you know, maybe maybe a year or two in. Okay, so 2014? Yeah. yeah, maybe about yeah. that. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing uh, this a lot less time. Um, mm -hmm. So the first, the first two, I mean, since I've been doing it two, two and a half years, whatever it was, I have not been sick that entire time. <laughs> uh, I thought I was... Bruce Willis from Unbreakable, and yeah. then I got the Rona a few weeks ago, so that was oh, not the, that was out, and now I'm sick again. So I think honestly, part part of it is stuff has slowed down a little bit, so my body's like, okay, now mm -hmm. can we please now? That happens. Um, so, but yeah, I um I had a book that was due, and I had to push it back because I mean I put on my group like I sounded, I don't even know how to describe it. You heard it, Kaylee. Uh, yeah, you sounded like um, like the guy from Arrested Development and BoJack Horseman, whose name I yeah. always forget. <laughs> On six packs a day. I mean, it was cool, yeah. but I couldn't sustain it. Um, but I also, I have less of an issue than probably Mackenzie does, because if my voice is fucked up, okay. <laughs> you know, from the, from the male romance perspective. Oh no, his voice is even deeper. Yeah, oh no, it sounds raspy and, you know. <laughs> Rough. You know, it's uh, it's something it's something that I I'm also I've been I've been pretty lucky. I I don't I don't get sick often and I'm I'm super careful and the last well, two Well, good years, luck with a youngin. Yeah, you know, she's yeah. you know, we we were lucky because during a lot of this she was romping around in the backyard not sticking her fingers up everybody else's noses or whatever they <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever the kids today are doing, she has, she has, uh, she has come home with like the pre the preschool plague, which is just a, just a cough. She'll, yep. she'll yep. suddenly sound like a, you know, she'll suddenly sound like a three pack a day, um, lucky strike smoker. She'll go, <laughs> and then she's fine. Then she's like, mommy, you know, so 
Yeah, uh, yeah. But, my my son my uh, son uh, had me pick him up and then coughed directly into my mouth. That's how I got this one. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> when they look at you and you think they're gonna yeah. say, "I love you." Yeah. I need yeah. you. Here's some disease, my, Daddy. My father, and then they yeah. they they rear back their heads and they spew it all over. Yep. The <laughs> your face. yep. And you go, "That's love." Yep. That's Cutter love, goddammit. Cutter's son also sticks his finger directly into his eyeball sometimes to show his love, which I think is really, He's really... two? He's two? Uh, he will be two, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we're but against our better judgment, we're, we're, we're trying to have another one. So, yeah. we're, you know, we're no, trying to... No, good for you. We're, we're, we're like, hey, you know what? Let More of this. <laughs> More of this. But, like, Kaylee, to answer, to answer your question, in... Like right now, Connor sounds just fine. He could he could record a book and sound great right yeah. now. Even though he doesn't feel great, he still right. sounds it just it takes more effort and it takes being yep. a little more careful. But yep. you know, I had a, a voice teacher once that that pointed out you have no there's no nerve endings in your vocal cords. Oh so, so when you hurt, you are really hurting because the surrounding tissues of your of your throat are affected because you're so fatigued. So yeah. wow. we really should, we really do have to be, have to be careful, but there's no, um, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself, but there's no like, Oh, you know what? <clears throat> I'm not feeling a hundred percent. I'm only feeling 97%. I think I'm going to pay <laughs> off. Like, no, yeah. we, we work, we work just like anybody else works. Yeah. yeah. But have you ever turned anything in when you had a cold and, and the producer was like, thanks, but no, thanks. <laughs> Where <laughs> you like had to redo it to this day, better? to this day, I have gotten away with it. I have gotten away what with it. Pro. So, uh, you know, when, when that <clears throat> happens, I don't, don't worry. I will have like that special humiliation in my shame folder that I will pull out at, you know, when I'm trying to go to sleep <laughs> and relive over and over. But so far, so Mackenzie far, has I, the shame app. She never downloaded the calm app. She's got the shame app. It's, I'm, I'm kind of an analog person. So it's in my, it's literally in the file folder under okay. shame in my, in my file cabinet. Okay. Cause you learned that from an, an old movie that you saw when you were eight. No. It's a dame should I, keep a folder at all times. Betty, Betty Davis put it, <laughs> she, she filed it she away. Sm she smoked a cigarette and then she, she put it out in the file folder. She's got her butts folder. The wrong kind of butts, by the way. Um, There's no butts. Glorious. There with those butts. Glorious, <laughs> Kaylee. Oh! Um, right? Who did that? Oh. Was that you? Was that you? Yes, DJ that was from my very modern effects. app. That's a really boss move. I know. I, I got a couple more up my sleeve. Um, I've got a couple more up my sleeve. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, okay, before before I forget, I just want to share with people a cute little behind the scenes thing that Mackenzie had told me that when she was prepping the Very Vegas script, she got to the part in the beginning where Nolan's cock talks to Cora's G-spot, like Liam Neeson in the movie Taken, and she laughed so hard that she nearly dropped her iPad in the bathtub. And that led me to order her a bath caddy slash tray thing, you know, um, because 
because I know you like to read in the bath. And so what I wrote in the gift message was, this way you can keep reading in the bath and I can keep writing about talking cocks. So that's... It was a win-win for, for everyone. That's um, the kind of author-narrator re- relationship we have. <laughs> it, it, would not, it would not be good for me to be electrocuted. Can you yeah. be electrocuted by dropping your device in the bathtub? I don't know, but I if was it's close. plugged in. <laughs> and yeah, if it's plugged in, I don't. I don't think dropping an iPad would. would oh, it would be bad for the iPad. It would ruin. Ride, it but. would ruin. It would ruin everything. But let's not test it. So no, 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 no. And, now, and now we don't have to. So so. Yeah. Um, Kaylee, you've performed a great public service, or at least a personal service. I did, but also I would like to say you can also watch, you can watch you, if you have Netflix, you can watch you on your iPad in the bathtub now. This podcast is, by the way, not sponsored by you, because it's starting to feel (laughs) It's sponsored by you, the audience, but not by capital Y-O-U, the show or the book. Yeah. Speaking Um, of audiences, getting getting a lot of really positive feedback on... um, do you call them ARCs or ARCs? They're ALCs if they're ALCs. for the audiobooks. Advanced okay. listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ALCs. They're ALCs. Don't confuse me. Alks. Don't confuse me. I'm going to have to look it up if I have to say it out loud. So it would be much better if you told me which way to say it right now. Which? Another behind the scenes? Go ahead. Yeah, you know better than anybody. That kind of stuff is the Wild West. It's like okay. you have to create it. Right. It's whatever you say becomes. Is it a the, gif or a gif or yeah. yeah? It's a gif, but another another behind the scenes thing. Um, Mackenzie, when Mackenzie, Mackenzie was about to record, very Vegas, she texted me to ask how I wanted her to pronounce Imogen, and I texted her back in writing the way it sounded in my head, which <laughs> only it totally confused her. So she then sent me a bunch of voice messages, and I was like, "Yeah, the second one," <laughs> because. The, because I was like, yeah, accent on on the M. And she was like, wait, so so it's Imogen? Like, and I, you know, you, you literally asked the wrong person. But then then she was like, um, Imogen, Imogen. Right. It's, it's, it's hard. It's really, if you're not trained to I'm explain a, that a, kind of thing. I'm again, I'm a... Uh, I'm again, I'm again. Um, But then she asked me how to like pronounce Frangipani for Natalie Frangipani. And I was like, just like not proper Italian. Just say it the way you think is the coolest because she's cool. (laughs) So you went with Frangipani because it was funny, right? Frangipani is so much fun to say. It's a great great word. Natalie Frangipani. Um, Yeah, Natalie Frangipani is going to start a blog where she reviews vibrators. That was something that the the readers (laughs) suggested. It could happen. Oh, readers. Oh, oh listeners. listeners. Oh, arcs and elk people. Um, okay, so let's sprinkle in some fan questions. Um, so Louise, Louise from England, would like me to pass on her adoration to Mackenzie, specifically for the chapter in Very Vegas, where she did a whole chapter in the voice of 10-year-old Ashton. And she says, as the mom of... An almost 10-year-old boy, I can say you absolutely nailed the excitement that they have in their voice when they tell you a story, although in my experience, it's usually a story about a Minecraft world he created. Did you have someone in mind when you voiced him? And she said, love to all of you, Louise. P.S. Kylie, please don't read this question in an English accent. So I, so I did not. 
No, you, you only no, went off the no. rails at the very end. No, so. you you did not. Thanks you, for that. You did not Note. read that in an English accent. <laughs> we don't know what you did it in, but it wasn't. But an it was accent. not an English accent. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes, Louise, that is Your so Honor, sweet. For the court, I would like to point out on this technicality, Kaylee is innocent. She's innocent. So, did you have a particular like little boy in mind? I did. I have a nephew, and here's the thing, Louise. He's really into Minecraft. <laughs> um, in fact, when he last visited me, I uh, I got him a little Minecraft blanket from Target, and I, you know, I just like swiped it off. I'm like, oh, it's his birthday. I gotta get it. And he tells me every time that he he loves he loves the blanket. So to be wrapped up in Minecraft. I've never I've never seen I've never seen him so excited about anything either as as how excited he is about Minecraft. So um, clearly this is a this is a thing. But I think you can get excited about anything a ten year old is excited about, and it just so happens that in very Vegas he was excited about what he was excited about. Right. Oh. You know, so you can happen. you can just like call it up in your head. You don't have to like listen to a recording of him or anything. You just kind of think about what he sounds like or, to you. Yeah, and I think about what he looks like too. I think about him kind Picture. of cocking, his, cocking mm. his head at me, and you know, mm. or like like wrinkling up his nose if something if he doesn't like something, or you know. Uh, so you do that when yeah, you're you do that it? physically when you were recording. Always, always. Yeah. Yeah. I can't help it. It's just my my stupid face. It just well, you can tell everywhere. though, right? It changes the way you say things. Well, she, like I'm wrinkling my nose right now. It it changes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or if I was, but it would take so much more effort if I were like, oh, I should sound like I'm wrinkling my nose right now, but I'm going to keep my face completely still. Like, right. You just can't help it. Just That's why voice it. actors should never get Botox. <laughs> I'm going to justify to myself that I need every single little forehead wrinkle that I've got. Yeah. Uh, to to continue voicing 10 year old boys. So um, thank you. No, thank you. Thanks. No, thanks. Um, But again, this podcast is sponsored by Botox. (laughs) And the show you on Netflix. I am am resisting. I'm resisting the siren call. If you get Botox, that's okay. You probably look amazing. Service of my art. You heard it here first. Um, so Angela Cipri, aka Angie Loves Audio, would also like to pass on how amazing and talented you are, Mackenzie. But uh, she didn't have a question for you. She just wanted to fangirl you. So from Adrian, she says, Mackenzie, you are absolutely amazing. What do you usually do when you're getting ready for a character who has an accent? <laughs> because <laughs> See, she didn't provide any instructions for you not to do that. Right? I know she didn't. That's the no, problem. she did not. Yeah, yeah. There was no disclaimer um, because your accents sound really good. Do you watch videos with people from that part of the world and see how they talk in English or are you winging it? I, you, you know what? I it? just, I roll out of bed and I turn on, I press play, I press record and I, and whatever comes out, comes out. Uh, sorry. Was that the end of the question? Um, that was it. Are you winging it? That's end of question. Very, that's very sweet. I would have to say it is a it is a fine mix a mixture of both. If you consider that you know, however <clears throat> many years I've been on this earth and I've been listening to people all my life, and yeah. I've been obsessed with how they talk to each other, um, and I've studied abroad, and so you know, I I sat there with my recorders, you know, and and um, 
there was a time when I was really, really intent on it. Now, thank God, thanks to YouTube, an mm -hmm. accent is at the the is it your fingertips? Is that the yeah? But I was I was the type of child who watched. I didn't watch a huge volume of stuff, but I watched certain things over and over. Mm. And um, so I, if there were accents in them, I absorbed them. Yeah. So often what you're hearing is you're hearing filtered through the character of who it is, but you're hearing, <laughs> you're hearing, hearing my version of Emma Thompson or, um, right. you know, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett or, you know, whatever, or, um, there's a great video of a Scottish actor just doing nothing but Scottish slang. And I've God, who is it? It's a Vanity Fair thing. And I, I must have watched this thing. Yeah, watched this I watched this. 50,000 times. Have you seen Scottish people trying to say purple burglar alarm? <laughs> no. These no. are people. It seems like they can't do it. How uh, funny. And they're oh all surprised God. when they when they reach it. Like, well, bong, I bong, did. Bong, bong, alarm. They just can't. It's just not. Even though it's, you know, back when we were in person, I was at my, uh, you know, my my agency in Beverly Hills and I was standing next to a guy and apropos of nothing, we're both looking at our copy. We're ready to go into the, you know, into the booth and to audition. And he looks at me, and says, do you know that in a Jamaican accent, the word beer can and bacon sound the same? <laughs> Just... <laughs> and so we said, it's like a meme. Yeah. Beer can, beer can. Which, yeah. one, which one am I saying? Do you know? <laughs> you shouldn't because I can't tell either. So we just sat there. So the beautiful thing about up. that, if you give me either, I'll be happy. Yeah. So that's the that's the magical thing about about that piece of the universe. Well, thank you for that question. That was very 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 sweet to hear. Yeah. So Kelly Wilkinson, who is a new narrator herself, asks Mackenzie and Connor. This is a little embarrassing, she says. How do you prepare for narrating those hot, steamy scenes? And what do your partners slash spouses think of them when they listen to you? End of question. You're up, Connor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Connor? Um, well, uh, I guess like anything, uh, I've been in the camp that romance feels a little bit different than other acting jobs. Right. But this piece is not actually because you just go based on what you know um, and works for you as a human being. And you bring that human element to that and go like, I think this is hot. This is what I'm going with. Um, what does my spouse think about it? I mean, she likes it. And she, Has she listened to your stuff yet? So she, she uh, read Decker and she's yeah. listening to... Um, uh, very Vegas right now. Oh, good. And she got to the, this is more about my writing, but she got to the strawberry scene. And she, <laughs> she was like, I know your moves. Like, I know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, you could tell. And she's like, I, I know, I know. No, so that was. She saw the strawberry coming from a mile well, away. Well, no, she just the whole <laughs> the, the whole deal, the whole energy of of that thing. She's like, I know. And I was like, well, it worked, didn't it? So, because she did, I tell the story of how we met. Did I tell? That's probably too long for this. This is. Um, well, we got time. Now and let's... trust me, people want to hear it. So. <laughs> well, I I don't know if I told this, but she. She was assistant directing and I was acting. 
um, mm, you talked at about this Shakespeare Festival. Yeah. And she, and assistant directors, for people who don't know, it sounds great. It's like, oh, yeah. director, like assistant director. It's like you're, yeah. you take notes. You're like a secretary. It's like. You lick the bottom of your pencil and you have yeah, a. Yeah, it's one of the lowest. Actually, you lick the bottom of their pencil. For yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty low. I mean, she was a student at the time. Um, it was a great theater and great opportunity. But she showed up to rehearsal and I was there. We were the first two people there. And by the way, this is hilarious because this woman cannot arrive on time <laughs> to save her life. She, <laughs> the fact that she was early for this is unreal. Um, so she introduced herself to me. She walked over. She's like, hi. And I was like, oh, hello. And in her head, she's like, this dude looks like a hot shot. I'm going to say who I am and what the deal is. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do this. And I'm shaking her hand and <laughs> being like, this chick's into me. Like she, yeah, yeah if uh, yeah this could happen this could totally happen it's on and and meanwhile she's like i was being professional i'm like and as the years have gone on her argument that she didn't want me rings more hollow and more hollow it's like i'm like who do you live with who is your boyfriend now it's like who did you marry who did you have two kids with like the idea that you weren't into me i just don't buy because now it's been 10 years since then so yeah, yeah. oh my gosh that I love that. I love hearing that. That's really sweet. Yeah. Denial fun. is her love language. I get that. I'd like I'd like to buy your wife a drink and have have a chat with her. Have a <laughs> have a bacon with her. A beer a beer can. Yeah. Well, she, a beer can. she can't she can't drink right now because she is preggers. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't announced that, but I think I'm going to announce that tomorrow. Wow. The one of my. Uh, my co-productions with a woman that are, that are arriving in 2022. <laughs> Had a couple with Kaylee. He's the one with busy. my wife. Yeah. Writing a seed. You, you do get right right down to it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. All right, well, uh, now you have to answer. Yeah. Good. Nice try. You tried to get yeah. us to forget that yeah. you had to answer, too. I, I don't have a I, I don't have a cool story like that about the about the voice. But well, tell it I in will, a cool accent. <laughs> I will I will I will play things uh, for my husband, and he you know he he he's he's the type of guy who like I I will laugh at the drop of a hat. I will react. I will I will you know I can't I can't help what's happening on my face or in my voice. <laughs> but he's the type of guy that when he laughs it's like precious to me because he, when he laughs, he really, he really means it. I'm not saying I don't mean it when I, when I laugh, but I laugh much more easily. Mm. And when, when he smiles at something or he's, he's got here, he goes like, oh, that's really good. You know, it's just so, it's so over for me and so under for him, mm. just our, our personalities that um, he, I really, I really, he's a real good, true barometer for what's for what's happening. So um I you know I will play him something when you know or I'll I'll show him I'll be you know let's say I'll be reading on my iPad and trying not to drop it in the in the bathtub and mm-hmm. he'll be like what's what's going on what are you reading and I'll show and I'll show him and he'll go oh I like that or something. <laughs> but um uh but I'm kind of the effusive one. Uh so he's 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 much more calm and he likes he likes hearing, you know, he likes when I do like fantasy novel stuff. Um, he, he likes it when I do nerdy stuff. Um, 
and he likes and he likes hearing that sort of back and forth Nora Ephron-ish, you, you know, just like mm. that really something that <clears throat> starts a screenplay in your head, where which starts a movie in your head, which is what I feel like when I'm recording Connor and Kaylee um, stuff. So, yeah, you know, and then there's there's stuff that I just he doesn't he doesn't need to know about and we don't have you know we don't have time and so you know that's just that's so there's work. hidden stuff there's hidden stuff there's yeah. stuff i will lock i will lock in this studio and i see <laughs> in your shame file my shame file <laughs> shame file but the to to answer your question about um about how 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 we get into it or whatever you know great great writing just Mm. just takes you there you know whether whether you're narrating the beginning of something or the end of something I mean we've all had beginnings and we've all had endings Mm -hmm. and we've all had everything that happens in the middle so I just have to stay open to what the characters are feeling and if the writing's good which in our case, it is. I, I could just, you know, I could just surf. I can't surf in real life, but I imagine myself just sort of cresting the wave of I'm I'm buoyed up by the by the force of the wave, which is the riding. And I just have mm. to kind of, you know, balance myself on top of it. Ride that wave. Ride that wave. That's a good metaphor. Um, so this is from Leticia from Mackenzie. Um, I really, really loved you. As Ashton, you did such an amazing job and you're insanely talented. What do you think is more difficult about playing a kid's role compared to an adult woman? Do you enjoy it more or less? Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I play a lot of, um, I play a lot of, you know, roles where the protagonist or the 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 feet say the female role is a lot like me and is close to my natural voice mm-hmm. and i absolutely love voicing children um i think i it's a it's a part of myself that i i have always um felt pretty close to i can i can kind of regress pretty easily yeah. um and childhood for me was such I mean, there are parts of it that are just burned into my brain about how I felt and everything that was happening. I still remember like when I was in my fourth grade class and, and the principal came in, I grew up in kind of a, like a mid-sized town, but kind of smallish. And she came in and she said, she said, you have a new baby brother. And I still remember like my cheeks getting hot and and all the students coming around saying, oh, wow, you know, your, your, your sibling's born and the teacher coming over and that just that mix of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God, my life. So anytime my life changed mm-hmm. as a kid, oh, man, I've got that. So, so when a kid is going through it in a, a kid is wondering, you know, if, if this new relationship is going to change the bond he mm-hmm. has with his mom or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very easy for me to step into those, to imagine myself as a kid at that age. I had a super, I had a super happy, I, idyllic childhood almost. And, but one, one thing that (laughs) I'm not complaining, but one thing about when you have total harmony between your parents is the fear of disharmony or anything that 
could be a um, could be a threat to that could put me in a spiral of you know I, I can I can imagine just what it would be like if my mom and dad lived in different houses and mm-hmm. what that would do so my 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 actor's imagination just kind of goes back to the kid that I was and um kids are always being destabilized they're always being mm-hmm. and they're always discovering something new so that those are huge gifts uh, as a as an actor because you can just you know you can just go on and on and and Kaylee and Connor write incredible children incredible kids um i mean can't you just see the see the movie as it is happening with the kid running up and down the street and doing this and playing in the go-karts and, you know, (laughs) I can see the close-up on their faces as they're trying to outdo each other. It's, it's brilliant. (laughs) We don't know what to say. (laughs) Thank Thank you. 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 Yeah. Uh, I see it in my mind. I'd say, I'd say I follow Kaylee's lead on the, on the children. Um, Though the go-kart scene was just me. I mean, that was, that was all you, the whole thing in the, Love heist, as you now have started calling it, that that was all, that was all yeah, Connor. It, yeah, I mean, I, guess, I only yeah, I did a little funny. polish on that one. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't give it any real consideration, um, as far as like, well, this is what an adult would do, and this is what a kid would do. I just kind of like, I mean, I'm sure like there's kid logic in there, mm-hmm. and there's the silly logic of the story, but I'm not it's just like it's just like any other character. It's like. This is what he wants, so I'm gonna have him go get it, um, and he'll he'll be less good at it because he doesn't have all this life experience. But he'll be able to get away with this because he's a kid. Um, so yeah, I guess the writing of it was similar to what. Yeah, Mackenzie it's so funny about, because you. Like, yeah. yeah. But you you always when you talk about writing and when you're thinking about writing, you so clearly to me talk about it like an actor. Cause it's about the objective yeah. <laughs> for you. Yeah. Cause I might, I might have that in my mind, but I'm not consciously thinking that cause I wasn't trained to think that way. Yeah. Yeah. I can't not. Yeah. So, so funny. Yeah. I think it's very clear in your chapters that you do that. Um, so she also wants to know if Mackenzie, if you had to choose between being Cora or Hannah in real life, in other words, the heroine from Very Vegas or the heroine from Decker, and excluding their male counterparts, who would you be? Oh my God, that is unfair. Uh, Your Honor, I object. Um, oh boy, you know that I, I. It's hard. It's hard for me. I'm such kind of like a scrappy. Um, <laughs> I'm such a like you know pulling myself oh no I hate that phrase I'm not even gonna finish it um uh it is it is difficult for me to imagine coming from privilege and owning a football team like that Mm. that and coming from and being a badass in the corporate world I I have some I have some some relatives in my family who were very successful in the corporate world lawyers corporate executives who were always like you know, Mackenzie, you, you would be great at that. You would be just great in this, in this thing. And you know, they, the, the starting salary is blah, blah, blah with benefits. And I'd sometimes sit there and go like, what, I can't be an actor. Like what's wrong with that? So I, I always have a little bit of a, my, my parents were always very supportive, Mm -hmm. but, but there was always this kind of like, 
So the cor- the corporate world, the that kind of knowing, that kind of foreknowledge of, it's almost like um, Kaylee has very kindly said to me, like, have you ever, or maybe Kaylee, I don't know if it was it was you, but someone someone else who was like a, a narrator and a writer was like, was like, Mackenzie, like, why don't you write? Don't you write? Don't you have anything to say? And I was kind of like, no, I, I really don't. It's been said better by others. And, and I love it when I can't, I, I get to embody things that I can't conceive of in my mind. I couldn't conceive of her. Oh, like all of a sudden she owns the, the team yeah, and has to make these decisions and is buttoned up in, in certain ways and, and can let her hair down in other ways. Um, Although I, I have to say, my 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 husband did play football in high school, and uh-huh. and one time we did we did kind of a, a similar thing where I was he was like I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you I'm gonna teach you football here I'm gonna get the thing put on my old jersey and we're gonna and we're gonna do it. You actually we went out went, to a field. We went out to a field Aww. and we we ran like we ran little things where they, you know, and then we, I sort of like play tackled him. And, you know, I mean, it didn't look like a montage in a movie, but it was, that was fun. But I, so. And I now have, you have a three-year-old. And now I have a three-year-old. <laughs> Three years yeah, later. It works. <laughs> it started to rain. Threw it between my goalposts. Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> Oh, it answers that, so that many. That goalpost joke is why, you know, <laughs> Mackenzie kind of came with the package, like the Kaylee Lauren co-writing package. Yeah. And I'm certainly <laughs> glad that she did. But any question as to like, well, why did these two like really hook up and get together? And that goalpost <laughs> joke is, is a clear, clear indication why. And, and so. there's a clear indication why these two are the writers and I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just licking the end of their pencils. <laughs> Connor's gonna put that one in the the old bank. Um, I'm filing madly back here. Open up your shame folder. Open it up. There it is, little girl. Um. Well, so so the other thing that Leticia wanted to ask you, Mackenzie, was what was anything different about reading like one of my books versus reading one that I co-wrote with Connor. Um, and, you know, did it feel different having one of the authors as a co-narrator? You know, I wonder what the fans think about that because I think they're going to have a much more, um, it was in- incredibly seamless for me. There were a few times um during Decker, where I was like, oh, I, I'm sure that all these sports ball terms yes. and, uh, and, you know, machinations are, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure this is Connor, but you know, that's such a, that's such a dumb assumption on my part. I, I, but correct. And also a correct one. But totally also. <laughs> I mean, oh, so sexist, but yet a hundred percent, a thousand percent true. So. But, you know, I'm, I'm the person who wants to see like, oh, that's what the cheerleaders are wearing. I mean, I get it. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not watching it for. I'm not watching it for the reasons my husband is watching it, you know? So, right. <laughs> so I, I, I get, yes, yes. There are differences between the sexes sometimes. Uh, but on occasion, on occasion, we are dill. We're different people. Um, but I, we're just licking the, the different ends of the pencils. That's, some, that's all it is. Some of us are the lickers and some of us are the writers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I have to say it was surprisingly seamless. I, I was waiting. I was waiting to see jagged edges or, you know, I was like, okay, well, what's, what's this going to be? Is there, are, are there going to be times where I'm hearing a different, you know, like when you go to see a movie and then you find out that it was written by, and then it was rewritten by someone else. And then mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher came in to, to, yeah. you know, to <laughs> do a joke polish, which yeah. is sweeten it up and do a polish. And, and you can't, really tell although sometimes there seem to be too many cooks or you go they really tried to shove the whole thing in that one didn't they but cars but- three <laughs> cars three <laughs> jesus sorry uh, yeah. that's that one's on repeat in my house and i hate it a little more every time i have oh, to watch it is that the one is that the one where they go to france and no that's the second one that one's okay, not great either a- but it's okay. less annoying than the cars three is with the yellow car cruise um, oh, can't d- didn't even go there. I I literally saw one of the cars trying to go to the bat. You know the the Tomater guy go, yep. go to the. Can you please yep. write a character like the Tomater? Because I would love to do a little character the cable guy thing. Um, yeah, we can do and, that. You know that's yeah. that's really romantic. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that listen to those buttons. Hey, girl, teeth. I got my pencil out. Yeah. Oh. Ain't gonna lick itself. <laughs> Dangerous. I mean, let's write Dangerous our book man. together. That's why we're a bunch of Southern co-authors. But, uh, <laughs> Nothing like a bunch of stereotypes to... Uh, no, you just shake together. up the stereotypes. <laughs> well, those movies are full of stereotypes. and Yeah, they're really nothing and, but... And, well, they play. <laughs> and ri- they yeah. do, and they're, they are rich opportunities for, for great voice acting. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a glutton for shit like that. But, um, but wait, wait, what were we talking about? Uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. I'm <laughs> talking about how but, seamless. But Connor, seamless the, I, I, I was, I could not tell where one left off and the other began, except a couple times I was like, oh, you know, who's, I think who's taking the lead here on the Nora Ephron stuff. It's got to be. <laughs> and so, so here, here we have, we got, we got Connor in his football jersey and we've got, Kaylee in her, you know, her butt lovely talk. posh New York ato- apartment, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, writing butt talk. So, yes, yes, men and women are different sometimes. <laughs> but no, it's it's pretty seamless. Yeah. Um. So, so she had a couple of questions for you, Connor. How different was narrating these two books, knowing you co-wrote them? Um, you obviously knew them back and forth, but was it more rewarding or special in a way? Did it add something special to the narration for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, how could it not? Uh, you know, Mackenzie was talking about, you know, you just run up into limits of time and energy and life. Um, you know, you have so many hours and sometimes what Mackenzie said, you're too bad you gotta you gotta do what you can um the advantage to this is like yeah you read it you read a book and you make choices and you have characters and you talk to your co co narrator and you make choices together but there's no rehearsal there's no like breaking apart the text and being like well what's really underneath this it's like you kind of just gotta read it and know it and go whereas the fact that i wrote it was like i had weeks of rehearsal which i don't get with other books mm-hmm. um whether it comes through or not i who knows um you know I, it's it not does. like i tried any less it's just a matter of like i get to spend way more time with these characters than i get to with other other characters that's just you know that's just the way it is so when i started i was like these are already 
inside in a way that I'm still working at with with books that I get that I've read that I go through, but I haven't lived with them for months because mm-hmm. I can't. You just you can't you know can't do that. Um, nobody could wait. So mm, that's so that's so amazing to I, I've I have been wondering how it feels to narrate something you have written. I mean that that just uh, that just is amazing to me. Well. I have a question for you, Mackenzie. Uh, part of it is, and one of the reasons I'm glad I'm glad it felt seamless. And I think one of the reasons Kaylee mm-hmm. and I started writing is we have a very similar ear for dialogue. And I mean, she has an actual screenwriting background, too. but it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, and accents. Um, but I mean, her books have always read to me very much like scripts yes. versus novels. Likewise, likewise. Um, so that was another thing of like really playing the scene. Because um, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't, you, I mean, some books can hold that and some books can't as far as, and, and that's the other thing. I've, I've talked about this before where you want to make a choice, but you're a narrator with no director. And it's really about the author and telling their story. So you don't want to make a choice too strong where it's like, well, that was wrong. And you've kind of ruined our one shot at the audiobook. Um, that's always a little bit in the back of my head. Not an issue with Kaylee's no pressure. books ever. He has no problem with ruining my books. Well, so he'll just no, because clearly in right the writing up. and you as a human being, you're like, fucking go. Do whatever you like. Let's <laughs> do it. Like, 30 accents and like, let's go. So clearly your books not only can hold that, they require it. Yeah. So, but But being able to write the scene and know it inside and out to really, really be able to act it. Um, was really really great so that's awesome and i i i get to come in after all the hard work is done like i get to come in after it's been the joke everything's been polished and you know and rewrites have happened and i just get to waltz in at the end to, you know i really well you once. are a very very important part of that um, yeah because we both we both knew that we were writing for you yeah yeah oh you're in our heads oh sh- oh god where's the damn tissues <laughs> don't even don't tell me things like you know we go we go into the we go into the booth and we you know it's like what's what's on the docket today oh great <laughs> great i get i i get to do this but i read it i read it once and then i fly so yeah. it, it yeah. is um and and it really does feel like flying it goes by so fast i can't mm-hmm. say that of everything that i do but uh the 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 prep the prep i usually i usually do it all at once because i can't put it down right. um and it's usually has some flurried a flurry of texts in between um to kaylee because i'm like i cannot believe i'm reading this uh, <laughs> but or uh frangipani or fr- frangipani fr- fr- frangipani 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 uh, y- you know, and, and then, and then it's off and then it's done and then it lives forever. It, it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so crazy. And I know yeah. the work that you've put into it to get to that point. So I, when I, you know, when I get that script in my hot little hand, like I, I am, I'm so ready. I'm so primed and ready to go. And, um, you know, I've got, I've got this because uh, we've established that I, nothing electronic around me works. Um, I, I have I have post-its on a huge like big fat you know tear-off calendar and mm-hmm. I'm looking at my post-its for a month out two two months out and I've got you know Vegas or I've got Decker on the you know on the calendar for that date and it's just 
it just stands out for me. I just, I can't, I'm like, okay, awesome. I'm going to have the best Friday. Do my, do my books have a special color post? You know, I have have decorated with stickers before. Um, (laughs) And actually I did find, I did find a little four leaf clover for very Vegas um, day, which went, which went on the post-it. You get a gold star for that. I should bring a gold star for the next one. What's the next one going to be? What's the next one going to be? What's the next? What's up? What's up on the docket? <laughs> um, I haven't announced that yet, so. Okay. See, um, and and for everybody listening, I I get to sit in suspense just like just like you do. Well, you sort know. of. <laughs> I do tend to tell her. For this next one, though, I'm gonna I'll be asking you a lot of questions. You're gonna have a lot of input on. Yeah, but I get a lot one. of I get a lot of tease. I get a lot of little teasers. I do. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not trying to tease you. I'm trying to give you information. Uh, Everybody just, say. yeah. That's what they all say. I'm just sitting here naked with a notebook up my ass, yeah. not trying to tease you. With the tip of your pencil. <laughs> You're not a tease. Uh, so this is. Um, that's a great segue for uh, Carrie Wallace's potato question for Mackenzie. Um, so this is. This is literally what she wrote in the email. Mac, potatoes slash fries, wedges, crinkle, tots, curly, American, waffle, straws. <laughs> you know, you've, you've put me, you've put me in an impossible position here. Right. Because the potato got, all hail the potato. Right. Um, oh, yeah, okay. 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 So, you know what I did in the, I did something in the kitchen with a potato the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. She was sitting there okay. Wait. Wait. I, I have believe. a. <laughs> I just wanted some fries, but there she was. Okay. I have. I'm dying here. I'm dying a thousand deaths. Um. I have. <laughs> I have one of those big long kebab skewers. A kebab. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I put it through the potato. Okay, you inserted it. I inserted in the it into the potato, and then I also took two two skewers and put them on either side. And I cut. You do this thing where you rotate the potato and you do the Excalibur thing with the potato. You make, <laughs> it. You make something called a Hasselbeck or Hasselbeck yes. potatoes, and you sprinkle that with all the garlic, butter, and parsley you have in the world. Oh my God! And you I've never bake heard it. of this. Oh, okay. Just, just Google, just take, do yourself a favor and, and Google Hasselbeck potatoes. I think they probably made it somewhere. Like people, somebody had it like a blooming onion, like at the Outback Steakhouse or whatever. They probably introduced it to popular culture, but I saw it on, you know, probably the New York times food blog or whatever. And I said, Oh no. So right now my answer (laughs) is, my answer is Hasselback potatoes with a close second of those damn waffle fries. Just, mm. just put me over the bat. Potatoes. Damn it. Now you got to thinking about potatoes, Carrie. Look what you've done. Thanks, potatoes Carrie. and butter. We had a really long, we had a really long text conversation last month about butter. <laughs> it was one of my favorite text comments, actually. Uh, okay. It sounds like Mackenzie has left the building, but I feel like she probably still, she literally went to the kitchen. No, she went to the kitchen to get a potato and some. 
I'm chopping skewers. right now. I put the skewers. Chopping right potatoes. I'm chopping potatoes. I've got I've got my potato gloves on. Do you know that potato gloves exist? And you can you can you know it helps you get all the stuff off the potato. Just saying, food. Maybe food is my love language. Maybe. I mean, I will say you've really brought it today, Mackenzie. You're <laughs> Thank like, well, God. It would be this chicken noodle soup and it would have dill. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, and then I'm going to strip this. It's like, I'm going to strip Jesus. this potato with my gloves. Yeah. Is you there know, a food subgenre for romance? If because there you're saying is. You it's don't usually write. baking, but, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could totally could do that genre. Potato you know, porn. There could be a, you know, potato erotica. A, a, a quasi celebrity chef who, you know, maybe falls in love with, I don't know, a female and, uh, you know, and cooks for her. That's Well, you're already underwriting well, can't the, the woman yeah. um, a little bit. I don't know. Some female. Some female. Some, some chick. Uh, some lady. Some lady. <laughs> we'll find her in the gutter. We'll clean her off. Bring her bring her up upstairs. Transform her. Put Get her, her a couple of right. skewers. A couple of skewers and, and that chef will go to town. Ratatouille. Um, by the way, isn't it Hasselback a football player? I... Yes. Yes. Wow, well yes. done, Kaylee. I wish I had like a, a crowd cheering. Yeah, that's what you needed for that. <laughs> yeah. For every time I get a football thing right, which is all the one times I've ever. Okay. Um, so this is from Angie Langley. She says, I was, I'm not sure which part of the country Angie Langley is from, so sadly I can't do an accent for her. I was listening to Why book... would that ever stop? It's not like you're doing it where they're actually from when you're doing it. Take us on the world tour anyway. So just pick something. <laughs> I was... How do... I need to hear a southern accent so I can copy it. Uh, what was what was the um, cable guy one? Larry oh, the cable guy? Larry the cable guy? I was listening to a book... I was listening to a book on my commute this morning, as I do most mornings and evenings. Carter Christ was narrating. Shocking, I know. I have a question. I say, I say, fuck on Leghorn, Kaylee Lauren. For I'm Mac, just a simple country author. For Mac and all CC. About how I'm going Australian again. About what? About what an author writes that a character whispered. I'm British now. <laughs> a character whispered or whispers a line of dialogue. It seems to be commonplace that narrators never whisper that line. The narrator might speak more softly or change inflection, but they never actually whisper the line. I'm assuming this is for reasons. What are those reasons? Is it sound related? <laughs> End of question. I, you know, I enjoyed that world tour that we just. Did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My all for free. Still spinning a little bit, but if you're really whispering, this this is what it sounds like. It's right. really hard to do dialogue in a really honest whisper. So we okay. might do a little bit slightly voiced whisper. It's like a stage whisper, right? like a stage whisper like you're you've got your hand right <clears throat> against your 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 mouth and your yeah exactly yep yeah technical reasons yep that's one of those technical voiceover reasons that 
we all sort of know to do. Do you get closer to the mic even when you're stage whispering or do you like change the levels or? Yes. Oh, no, we don't change. There's no time for that. Okay. Do it with proximity to the microphone. Proximity. Okay. Um, Because there actually was, there was a scene in Very Vegas, which I referred to when we were writing it with Connor as the quiet HJ scene, (laughs) which um, it read in duet was just so awesome. And Mackenzie actually did this um, stage whisper while performing a book boyfriend HJ shall we call it? And it was just so, it was great because it was both hot and hilarious, which is obviously the secret ingredient to our books. Um, But yeah, that was well Just keep in mind that when you're, if you're really listening, if you're listening to something at a certain volume, and then all of a sudden you hear this, you're going to go, you're going to miss it. Right, right, right. We we want you to hear, we want you to hear, we want you to hear it most of all and hear it in the, in the manner in which it's intended but technically speaking, we're also not going to scream directly into the mic either. Okay. Yep. Yep. But if you do scream, if you have to scream, if somebody screams something in the book, you would push your mic away. Uh, no, but we're we or do you would move of, away. We do. We move away. Right. And yeah. Can, you, that also yeah, makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. So she also wants to know what is Connor's favorite pour. Poor, P-O-U-R. I'd cut a bitch to find some basic green label Weller, but due to allocations here in my neck of, oh, the Midwest, <laughs> even that is impossible to find. Okay. Oh. Wow. Th- you know, there's some, someone's w- willing to resort to violence uh, yep. for you, Connor, so. Yeah. Uh, am, I, am I being asked about bourbon? Is that... uh, you're, this is a bourbon question for you. Okay. Um, I was like, who's attacking who? what um so she wants mid-level bourbon no she wants to know what your favorite is oh my favorite is uh well scotches are my favorite um scotchy scotch scotch yeah um and right now would be lagavulin would be my okay favorite. Yeah. yep Okay, so um, can we, okay, let me just ask one more question. Michelle Sutton says, uh, being such talented actors, I imagine that bedtime stories with your children are pretty amazing. Do you ever break out your narrator voices or accents when you read to them? And is there a children's book that you would love to narrate? Either of you. Mackenzie. Oh, that is so, what a sweet question. Yeah. Um, You know, okay, there's a little, (laughs) I, I, this doesn't answer your question, but you know, there was a there was a book that I encountered that actually taught comic timing. It's a little Sandra Boynton book, a little children's book called Blue Hat, Green Hat. And it shows animals, little animals wearing hats in on the wrong, you know, on the on the wrong places. There's like an elephant wearing a blue hat. And then there's like a little donkey wearing a, a, a blue hat and then a, a you know, a little doggy wearing a yellow hat and then a turkey wearing the hat on his feet. And it goes like, this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it goes blue hat, green hat, yellow hat. Oops. <laughs> and then blue shirt, green shirt, red shirt. Oops. Uh, yellow, uh, yellow socks. Oops. Uh, yellow gloves. Oops. Blue hat, green shirt, purple socks, blah, 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 blah. And then the 
turkey dives into a swimming pool fully clothed. Ooh! Oh my God. So I realized as I was reading this to my kid, because, you know, over and over, you read it oh so many times. Yeah. That it was actually timing. Something hat, blah, that here, plat, oops. But a dat, oops. But a dat, oops. But a dat, da 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 Gerald and Piggy are like that. Yeah. And and I was like, this is like an old fashioned little like vaudeville back and forth. This is like a she was getting the timing. So I started letting her say the oops and she loved it. So, um, yeah, that's just that's just what came to mind. But that's a really sweet question. And, um, uh, you know, I I love I love reading to my kid, although sometimes after a day of recording, I'm just like, yeah, just go the F to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there's like, a book for that. Why right, you, you read, Connor? You've got you've got them of multiple ages, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes the listening at the end of the night is not so good. So I'll be reading, and they'll be off doing something else, and I'm like, Do you know, the per finished hour rate for this, like, not even, you know. But they don't they don't care. They don't um, care. Yeah. They just cough in your mouth and eventually fall asleep. They do, but they're also adorable. Like uh, my son, we're the latest book is Pete the Cat, uh, four groovy buttons, and so now he calls all buttons groovy buttons. He thinks that's the oh. proper name for like Austin shirts, Powers. Like groovy buttons, um, <laughs> and he'll say the part, and be like, "Oh no!" Like he'll do that. Like Mackenzie was saying, that stuff's great. Okay. Well, I didn't get to Break ask my awesome. question, so I have to save that for next time. You're going to ask Mackenzie a question? Yeah. I well, a question. We might ask have time. Me, ask, at... me, ask, oh, okay. me a, ask me a question right now and I'll a- try to answer it quickly. Uh, what's, what part would you want to play in a musical that you have played or haven't played that's <gasps> the dream role? Oh my God. This is actually helpful oh, for me. Oh, this is, oh, geez, that is really tough. Um, all of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, gee, oh, oh. You broke um, her. You broke the Well, this is this is a little this is a little obscure. Um, uh, Trina in falsettos. Um, oh, I saw also that. Also, the Baker's wife and in Into the Woods. Um, <gasps> yes. Uh, a role I have played that was probably the the just the pinnacle of what I got to do on a stage, uh, including dancing around in my underwear when I was fit to do so. Was uh, I played. Um, I played Sally Bowles in Cabaret, um, but dream like dream roles. Oh, so there's things like, uh, yeah, those are those are pretty much dream roles. A- anything in Sondheim, the part Patty Lapone plays in Follies, um, uh-huh. and I, and I love you know anything that's I I'd, I'd love to be the um, <laughs> I'd love to be the uh, Miss Mazeppa in Gypsy. She's the one who bumps it with a trumpet. <laughs> She's the old stripper. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of just one of my faves, and a great role because you sit around for half the show and then you come out and it's your eleven o'clock number. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You don't have to be on stage all the time like Mama Rose and wear your pipes out. Yeah. So, Brilliant. I saw Bernadette Peters, I believe. Oh, yes. me too, baby. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Um, oh, what a great, cool. what a great. Well, I'm glad I got my genre. question. Okay. Good answer. Great answer. Good answer. I gave you too many answers. Good answer. Everyone, I'm I I love you both. So I much. love you so yeah, much. I've got to go. Thank, I have a session that's about time. to start. So, okay. thank you. my time. Thank you for 
thank you for for thank I, you for I'm coming so, to my show. I love it when we get to hang out. I really I do because do otherwise again. I have to do it through your through your words, and it feels like I'm a ghost or a medium just trying to channel you guys. And it's so nice just to have a virtual video. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle All of the right. day. Much okay. Fun. Much love fun. you. Bye. Okay. Love you too. Bye. Bye. And here's me and Connor Crace answering fan questions, mostly about writing. And we actually recorded this the day before we talked to Mackenzie. Okay. So Kelly would like to know. And I think most of these questions are primarily about a very Vegas St. Patrick's Day, since as the time of this recording, Decker audiobook hasn't come out yet. But Kelly would like to know. Coming close. Coming close. People are listening to advance listeners. Anyway, um, so what did each of you discover that is unique about co-authoring a book, which is super steamy and incredibly funny? And if I could answer first. I just want to say that at first when I saw this question, I was like, I, I don't know how to answer that because I've only ever authored novels that are steamy and funny. But A Very Vegas St. Patrick's Day is super steamy compared to my other books and even funnier in a, in a slightly different way because I've, a Connor for sure brought the super steam. Um, and you Connor broke up there, right at the important part. What did you just say? I said that Connor brought the super steam. Oh, super steam. The yeah. super steam, and um, and also like you and I have a very similar sense of humor in life, mm-hmm. yep. and like when we're interacting. But in writing, like your author sense of humor is. I guess I'll say a bit broader than mine, but it's more, it's like more cinematic. Like while, while I, my humor is primarily the banter and dialogue. And it also comes from the internal monologues, especially when like the heroine is way too inside her head and mm-hmm. getting a little bit nuts. And yours is very, it's very visual and it's very physical, especially in this book with the scenes between Ashton and Nolan, there was a lot mm-hmm. of, um, not physical comedy like, oh, I fell down and that's so funny, but like real, really active, funny stuff mm-hmm. going on. And so what I realized that was unique about this book is that if you're going to have super steam, which we have in this book right off the top, you really do need to balance that with extra funny because I feel like my usual, slightly more subtle humor, um, I don't know that the extra steamy stuff would have necessarily matched up with uh, hmm. the usual. Do you, did you notice that at all? Or? Uh, I, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a more general sense of you had already created a world that I had already played in as a narrator. Yeah. Um, but writing it is very different. Um, which I, I guess there's a question later where we'll get more into that. But it yeah. was more about this style and world is, it's the same universe as Decker, but it's a different kind of story. Um, yeah. And there, sure. and there was, yeah, I mean, we, 
we can talk about this or not, but there was a plot thread that I had in there that we mutually removed and, and fell. It's like, that's not, that's not right for this, this kind of story. Um, yeah, why don't we talk about it, actually? Okay. Um, okay. So originally, because so Connor very early on had this idea that he thought Nolan should be a former boxer, uh, which I loved. Um, and I never would <laughs> yeah. have thought of that. I think at the time I was like, so do, do you think women would like this, an Irish former boxer? And you I was were like, like, yeah, idiot. you fucking kidding me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny that you don't, like your instincts are so strong for this kind of thing. And it's, it's adorable to me that you don't always trust them. But like, they're just so, you were born for this. I keep saying that. But, <laughs> well, um, but it also is useful if, since I have a female co-author. Before you know, we make any decisions. Yes, like, a sassy female, co- a sassy well, female co-author who's not afraid to tell you when you're being an idiot. That's yeah, yeah, even more yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, but so, but you also, and I don't know if you just happen to be reading um, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, at the time, or did, were you think? Did you think of it specifically because you came up with the boxer idea? Yeah. Originally, there were going to be like Sun Tzu chapter headings and uh the war it, the the battle with ashton was going to be a lot with war um and those sayings of defeating your opponent and, and yeah. that kind of stuff and that came out of yeah that came out of him being a boxer and just thinking what would make him stop uh that she that she would be reading in the airport yeah um, and just thinking of books and i think originally i had him say the saying of the page that she was on. I think that that's was exactly too. right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so which which would have worked for sure in another book <laughs> that was in this series. And I kind of I kind of held off on like because Connor actually wrote the outline for this um, a long time ago. Like right now it's March. The book came out in February, mid February, and he had written the outline in like early early summer, I think, midsummer. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't necessarily think the Sun Tzu thing was right at first, but I kind of uncharacteristically held off on actually saying so. Um, but then I sort of realized, like, if you go back and look at the other two books, Bossy Christmas and um, Friendly Valentine's Day, the headings were specific to um, the tropes um, and the holidays. So like Bossy Christmas, the headings were uh, uh, kind of spins on um, Christmas titles, Christmas song and Christmas mm-hmm. movie titles. And yep. Friendly V-Day was um, Friends, like the show Friends titles, like the one with. Yep. And so <laughs> a quote from Sun Tzu, The Art of War, wasn't necessarily in line with a fun St. Patrick's Day book. So I was like, okay, so I, this should probably be Irish blessings and stuff like that, especially since that was kind of already a recurring theme in the other two books where the the Cannavale brothers, who are half Irish, would, um, when they're trying to woo someone, they would, uh, they would do a toast in an yeah. Irish accent. And so, so we went with that and we can talk about that's interesting. That so, too. This wasn't what I was talking about. I know. So we'll get okay. to, okay. so the boxer thing, and then in line with the boxer him being a former boxer a subplot i mean you can go ahead and talk about it but there was like an ashton subplot with 
Nolan that involved. Well, we were, we were working through what does he do that catalyzes her to be like, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for a co-parent kind of deal, mm -hmm. which happens in the book. And I mm -hmm. think I, I originally had it that Ashton has a bully problem. And he yeah. comes back and he's got like a black eye and, you know, how often are they doing this? And like, he's like just about every day. And so I had uh, Nolan teach him how to defend himself and yeah. he does and she freaks out about that. I Gets mean, it called had the, into the principal's office and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it had the advantage of, um, I suppose, she freaking out about the violence. Um, yeah, the and then readers would being, get it, whereas like yeah. the way it is now, <laughs> yeah, Nolan it, is so little, wonderful, it's, it's little, really hard for people to understand. But, you know, that's the, I mean, that's the fun part for me, you know, when I was outlining <laughs> these things is you, you move a piece over here and you gain something, but you also lose something, so you might have to support it. So it's really... It really is like a puzzle. So, yeah. um, so her her reasoning for doing it is maybe, but it's way more fun um, because we got to those chapters, yeah. and it's like I don't really want kid violence. Like you were resistant to it. You're like, so what's happening? It made me really uh, nervous. Yeah. Yeah, and and then, but you didn't honestly, you didn't say anything about that either. Um, no, I didn't because yeah. it did. It totally worked for the Nolan character piece. So. It wasn't yeah. until we actually got to the point where we were going to start writing the book where I was like, there's, it, it just didn't feel right in my gut. Yeah. Once we had that, <laughs> once we had to actually execute it. Yeah. I, like, Ugh, I don't know. I do um, pick my battles, believe it or not. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So do I. Um. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it's just funny. You started with the Sun Tzu thing. Yeah. Um, because it felt very different to me. Because um, the Sun Tzu is like, I mean, that was so early. I was like, yeah. here's an idea. Um, but like, you didn't have to hold your tongue for that part, you know. In I know any I way, didn't. Shape or form, because I'm like, I, okay, fine, you know. Um, you didn't have to hold your tongue for the other thing either. That was more so like, okay, how do we make this worth work without that? Um, yeah. We did, I, you know. I, we I did. I mean, it's not like it was a, a difficult thing to to switch out either. I mean, we kind of yeah. figured it out, but, um, well, but also I was working on other books at the time. So I kind of, I kind of was like, okay, well, that's not a priority for me to deal with. So we'll just yeah, yeah. cross that bridge when we come to it. So her other question was, um, what is the process like with you both writing the books? Do you write your chapters individually, then come together as you complete each one and discuss, make changes and move forward? I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the way the last two have seemed to work out is you seem to have an initial idea for a trope. Yeah. Um, you kind of challenged me to figure out that trope um, because I'm, I mean, the, the Vegas, I was like, how do you make that work? How do mm -hmm. you, you know, um, which I think is helpful because I come to it really, really fresh um, and I can bounce stuff on you and be like, so does it do this or does it do that? And you're like, well, sometimes and. And so you kind of challenge me with a trope. The last two, I've kind of outlined the main story. I give that to you. We talk mm -hmm. about it. You and I, then you sometimes will do the, the full chapter outline, a more detailed outline, and we pass that back and forth. Yes. Um, then we, and then we go and just alternate chapters. Um, 
In Decker, it was a little, I got a little ahead, but in for You got ahead, but we also, um, at a certain point, we didn't, because it was so clearly outlined, we didn't have to write the chapters in order. Right. Um, which was interesting. Um, yeah. And it was funny, too, because we didn't uh, discuss, like, it, so one thing that we found was really fun about the process is, like, we knew what the story was going to be, but we didn't know how each other was going to necessarily write each chapter. And so that was always a fun surprise. And we would kind of surprise mm -hmm. each other with, um, with the actual, with the final chapters, which we would, so we write on Google Docs. And then once they're, or he writes on Google Docs, I write on Microsoft Word, and then I upload it to Google Docs. And then we share it with each other once the chapter is finished the first draft and um and that's kind of what kept it really fresh and interesting for us because we knew kind of where we were headed but we didn't know exactly specifically how we were going to get there within each chapter and very often we would be writing totally different chapters like not necessarily one that follows the other and like i would write like a specific word in my chapter while he was doing his chapter at a different part of the story and he used the same word and um it was it's really interesting how i think we have very we we approach things we have the same sensibility but we approach things differently mm -hmm. and balance each other out but we also often have the same instincts which is weird yeah well and i think <laughs> i think we have figured out and, you know, looking back on it now, I can't believe how easy it was um, to figure this piece out of how much of a plan to have um, yeah. to give us the freedom in the chapter. Uh, and, and, it, and it would shift, too, especially for Decker. Uh, there were chapters I didn't want to write without reading yours first, even with yeah. the um, outline telling me what was happening in your chapter. I was like, I need exactly what they say and how they say it and and what's going on uh from you and mm -hmm. then i want to write my chapter and then and so i jump ahead to a chapter you know uh, you know decker is in the locker room like i don't need you right. know we know what's going to happen in that scene and and i don't necessarily need your chapter before that um, yeah so but you know i we just go by feel based on like yeah no i need that from you i, I don't want to do it yet versus like oh yeah yeah i know i know I know what this is. Um, and then we could use the, the energy from what the other person wrote to do our thing. Yeah. And so, and so the, in Google Docs, we also, um, once we share it with the other, we make comments on the Google Docs, which is sometimes really <laughs> fun. And I have shared a small... Or sometimes we're in the same Google Doc at the same time. At the time, same time, which always I freaks can... me out for some yeah, reason. Yeah, because you can see the other person typing. <laughs> <laughs> and you can mess with them and be like a ghost. Yeah, well, it's not my instinct to mess with the other person. Well, well, let's but, not say who yeah. is messing with who. Okay, let's not you know. say, but yeah. you who guys knows? know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there. it was very, let's just say it was a very, it was a, a surprisingly fluid process, um, despite mm -hmm. Connor's many, many typos that I always had to fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what editing's for. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Adrian wants to know, Connor, 
Now that you've been part of two successful books, will you be writing a book solo within the next year or finish and publish the one that you have three quarters of the way done or stay co-authoring with Kaylee? Also, have any other authors asked you to join them in writing a book together? You were brilliant in Very Vegas, by the way. Um, well, thank you, first of all. <laughs> um, are we announcing, have we announced the rest of the year you wanted to hold off on that? You're going to... Um, no, I mean, I'm going to announce the specifics on social media in a little bit, so I'm not going to talk okay. about it here. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, I will definitely be writing more books with Kaylee. Um, yeah. I have a pretty uh, active home life, and I'm still recording, so as far as other things outside of that, uh, no one has asked me to write a book with them, uh, nor do I know if I would have time for that if they did. Um, I do want to finish the novel that I started, um, be, especially because I'm so close to the end. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I might do that. Um, whether I actually release it or not, I don't know. Um, I'm sure, you know, super fans will, will find a way. I'll find a way to get it to them. Yeah, um, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, and I, and I have ideas, uh, you know, Kaylee and I have talked a lot about um, her. Well, I, I don't know if we want to get into this now because there's another question about writing together and how that was. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll save that that answer for later. But okay. um, just us exploring other genres and other kinds of storytelling. Yeah. So. Well, not genres, subgenres. Subgenres. Excuse yeah. me. So, yeah. <laughs> how could I? How could I stop writing with you? I still don't know all the lingo. <laughs> There are some things that you do teach me because you've honestly, you've read so many more romance novels than I have <laughs> like as a narrator. Yeah, you actually yeah. do know a lot more than I do, but it's, well, it's we a know, slightly different I, perspective. We know different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been really beneficial, I feel. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so Angela Sipperly, AKA Angie Loves Audio, wants to say what a fabulous job everyone did on a very Vegas St. Patrick's Day. Uh, the writing and performances were so fantastic. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So one, Kaylee and Connor, was the collaboration process for Vegas different or more challenging than for Decker since this was a pre-established world? Um, we we touched on it. You know, there was yeah. with, with Decker, there was no pre-established anything. So mm -hmm. aside from, I mean. It's like. My heroines if, if, and what If you expect. and I, if our first book had been a mafia uh, with like blood and, yeah. you know, Dubcon and all that, I think, uh, I think that might have been a problem, but we were writing a fun it, sports romance. Yeah. Uh, however, obviously, if I were writing a mafia book with you, it's probably still would have come out pretty similar to how the sports romance came out, <laughs> where it would just be a woman out of her element. We we did we did joke about that. Yeah. If, if we ever did a biker series or a or a or a mafia series, it would just be a woman, perhaps like you, thrust perhaps. into these situations, <laughs> being like, "So wait, you just kill this guy?" You know, like, yeah, I uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so with very Vegas, there's already this established energy and expectations and yeah characters and yeah and audience expectations um which i had to honor and wanted to um and 
and it it was tough. It was not it was not easy. Uh, I mean, I had a lot of involvement, obviously, with the first two. Yeah. Um, I performed them uh, or half of them. Uh, <laughs> Mac being the other half, uh, and and I reread them and I went through them again, but it's still not the same as creating them from the ground up. Um, and so uh, there was there would be little hitches in a way that there wasn't for for Decker. Yeah, well, and so and also for um, for very Vegas, like Connor Connor would write the Nolan and the Ashton. POV chapters. And then I, you know, more so in this one than in Decker, I had to go in and just sort of make sure that, I mean, for, first of all, that Cora, Cora's personality in his chapters matched up with how I wrote her in my chapters, but also to make sure that in the chapters where there were characters from the um, previous books that they sounded like they did in my other books in his chapters too. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a dialogue polish more than anything. It was very easy to do. Yeah. It's not like he was off or anything, but um, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, specifically in the Ashton chapter. Um, yeah, you know, where like, they all uh, you added uh, Eddie calling her a nerd. Yeah, uh, and you forgot yeah. that she was like, a nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I wrote it as she's like the tech person. So yeah. I had it, but I didn't yeah. have the music of their relationship right. you know what i mean yeah um so so yeah so i you know i wrote that chapter and it's not like you rewrote it but you added that no. polish of like everybody having those little little isms that they had in the previous yeah. books that you know just weren't weren't in me in the same way yes i added the isms and connor brought the gasms so <laughs> that's basically more tag how we worked in the yeah. nutshell um Kaylee, how much did Connor's influence change Nolan's story or character from when you originally wrote him for ABC, um, A Very Bossy Christmas? That's a really interesting question. So first of all, the uh, a hero's personality always has to shift a bit from, you know, when they're a supporting character introduced in someone else's story to when they become the hero because if they're uh there's more leeway you can have a lot more fun with them um in someone else's story and obviously in like a very bossy christmas and a, a very friendly valentine's day nolan was the troublemaker he had more of an edge um he was like the irish devil whereas in his book where you're gonna have his pov and be inside his head he, you know even if i had written this on my own without connor it's my job to make you fall in love with him and understand that um perhaps how he is with his family with his cousins and how they perceive him is not necessarily who he is with women or what he's like inside his head however connor like just his author's voice and i learned this from working on decker with him he has this kind of melancholy to it that's really lovely and i remember connor was actually he was a little bit nervous going into it he because he was like i mean it's just it's going to be different because you know these are your characters and blah blah blah. but and, and i said to him that uh i i really felt that his um that sort of melancholy tone would work very well for an irish 
hero in particular. And he also, there's like a sort of poetic quality to the way that he writes too. So I knew that that would be good for Nolan. And then when I actually got his first chapter, which was chapter one um, in the book, he was even more dreamy than I was expecting. So it was, uh, it was really nice. And it's like, you know, so in, in the St. Patrick's Day book, things are sort of told not, uh, not in a completely linear way. In the prologue, we start out in, in Vegas, uh, the morning after they've gotten married. Um, and so I kind of had to have that established, um, thing. It was sort of balancing like, well, we have to have her resistance to realizing that she just married this guy in Vegas. Um, but also have to show that he is super dreamy and understand why she would uh, really need to stay married to him. So I think when you're, I first introduced him in the prologue, he was still that sort of Irish devil character from Cora's POV. And then I got his thing and I was like, okay. And I knew that when I was writing Nolan in my chapters, I had to make sure that he was super swoony as opposed to you know, edgy, sexy, which is another way that it could have gone. But he, I think we really kind of ramped up the Irish dreaminess of him. Mm -hmm. Did you do, did you even, were you even conscious of that? Or is that just how you um, are? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much back and forth when we're creating it. So yeah. I think the boxer former boxer thing came out of the idea that your 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 nolan in the previous books was dangerous yeah um, and how do i keep that without him being like if he's going to spend most of the time around uh this woman that he's in love with and her 10 year old son he can't really spend that time being dangerous like it's mm -hmm. just what would he do and it, and anything that i would have thought of it's like well i guess she'd have a really good reason to never want to see him again um, yeah and also like she changes him um yeah. and you know uh that's part of the deal um but as far as like so you know we changed the what she's reading from sun Tzu to the book of irish proverbs uh because she's meeting an irish businessman you know <laughs> in town and and so I'm writing it, and as I'm writing it, I'm like, so how does he, you know, introduce himself once he sees her? And he's like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> and it is kind of fun as a dude. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have had the stones to do something like that when I was younger, um, before I married and I'm now retired from that game. Mm -hmm. um, but it's part of the fun to be like, all right, how would I pick up this chick? Right. And it's like, you know, the thing came out of him being out of breath, being like, I'm here, I'm here, what do you need? You know, it's just <laughs> like, I was like, well, that's, you know, because you're serving a lot of different masters where it's like, okay, so maybe he's a little less dangerous, it's a little more charming, but that charm adds to what I feel is the, is the very holiday series. You know, it's just fun. Like, yeah. above all, be fun, I think was my, like, right. guiding principle. Um you know, if it's fun, then go for it. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, maybe it loses a little bit of that edge, but like, 
yeah, he was never going to be a mafia guy. He was never going to be in a biker gang. Right. Um, it's just a different series. Um, so, so yeah, the charm also is part of like serving the charming nature of these stories, I suppose. And then, yeah, and then I didn't really think about it. It was just in the scene of like, yeah. what does he want? How's he getting it? And he's going to literally charm her pants off. So, and he also flexed a number of times too, which I don't know that if I were writing that, I would have thought to include that. <laughs> That's from your own personal experience too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. um, and says, Connor, did you feel additional pressure or uncertainty collaborating on the story, knowing how ravenous the fans of the very holiday series were for Nolan's story, which again, we've touched on. Yeah, I think but... I answered that. The answer yeah. was yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so from Leticia, for um, me and Connor, how do you feel about the support you're getting from fans with this joint venture? Is it like you're expecting it to be? Is it better, worse, or different? Um, I mean, for me, it's certainly, it's actually better than I was expecting. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was so paranoid before we announced that we were going to be writing together. I thought everyone was going to hate me and just like your fans would think that I was taking you away from your narration of other books and um yeah and i don't know i thought I, authors i never too, followed that um, i, I <laughs> guess <laughs> if i, I if i had quit narrating maybe a few yeah maybe but i you know i'm obviously still narrating and yeah now they get this side so um yeah it's, yeah i um, I don't know what I was expecting, but it's been wonderful. I mean, yeah. people have been absolutely wonderful. Um, so it's it's tough for me to think back to this particular expectation because I've said this before, but I'm about the work um, and improving. Yeah. And so I'm just constantly looking forward to the next thing and the next one. And, you know, I'm already starting to work on Dash a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um so it's like you know so i'm enjoying and trying to engage and and i and i appreciate all the support but as far as like what it should or should not be even if it, even if it was a disaster and and people did there were pitchforks and torches outside it's like mm -hmm. well i got a book to work on so you know. yeah you gotta keep your head down keep moving yeah. um and connor i will say is much more um we both have that kind of learner personality we want to learn from our mistakes. Connor learns. Course. Connor Connor learns much more quickly. Kay, Kaylee just and, is doing a, a, a discovery course. I did so a no. Be... I'm not doing the course yet. I did a personality oh, test okay. recently. Oh, okay. It was something that Pippa told me about Pippa Grant, and um, and I learned that, and it was sort of like identifying your top 34 personality strengths. And number one for me was learner. Uh, number two was empathy, but um. I, I, but I do, I love doing research. I need to understand everything. Um, but I'm a, while I, I pick up things very quickly, it, but there are certain things that I'm more resistant to let go of, I suppose, than Connor is. Whereas Connor, it's really important to him to like, once he identifies a problem, he wants to fix it and move on, which I think is good for our partnership. Yeah. So good so far. So far. Um, 
And so Leticia also wanted to know, we know Dash's book will be coming, and so will Billy's. Aside from these, do you plan to keep writing together as part of the holiday slash Tomcat series or otherwise? I can't help but think there should be a book for Decker's brother sometime in the future. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. We're definitely going to keep writing together um, as part of the holiday and the Tomcat series. And yes, we certainly did plant that we have the intention of doing something for Decker's brother um we just haven't decided at what point we'll do it and in what form <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah yeah we, we're not we hurting for ideas that's we're that's not good. it's yeah. it's really yeah. more about when can we actually do it and in, in what order um, yeah because after after dash i'll be thinking about billy um and yeah. and the the challenge of what you laid out of okay now billy's a hero so what does that look yeah. like? We've had a lot of fun with him being a wild cat. Oh, that was uh, another thing that I was really surprised about with this book in particular, especially from audio fans, was like I was a little bit worried because of um, just the story that Nolan tells about Billy's epic um, St. Patrick's Day. Um, there's there's a gastrointestinal issue <laughs> that I thought was not particularly sexy. So I was like, oh my God, are people gonna wanna read a romantic story about this character? And it turns out they do. And I think a lot of it is like from audio people because you know, when Connor voices Billy, even when he's saying ridiculous things, he still sounds hot. <laughs> and I of course <laughs> I of course added in, you know, Piper's note that he had a great butt too which was you know that's always that's always my addition to anything is like well what's his butt like great let's let's (laughs) let's have a story about him again Um, a thing that i would miss perhaps (laughs) were i just writing alone yeah but i mean i don't know i'm waiting for your butt flexing description and Okay. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Um, anyway, so, okay, this is from Carrie Wallace. Connor, how uncomfortable were you when you read my list the first time? Uncomfortable in a what the fuck, I hope she's not serious way. And Carrie is referring to a list I asked her to um, come up with potential names for a Chicago football team um because she is from chicago and is a big bears fan and we knew that we were going to be writing a chicago team in uh in decker and so (laughs) she came back with a list which you can hear dane anderson read in uh in a previous episode of this podcast and i sent and she sent it to me i think on a friday night on her it was like her notes and she was drunk. <laughs> I know she was drunk. And then I forwarded <laughs> it to to Connor on a Friday night, which he's always drinking on a Friday night too. <laughs> Coincidentally. True. True. Um and I remember your actual response was Jesus. It was like J J A Y period S U S period, I think. <laughs> I forgot what my response was. It's like a million years ago now. I know. Um no, I didn't think it was crazy. I mean, <laughs> it was more from a uh, practical issue. I was like, well, it doesn't quite fit the tone of Decker. <laughs> um, certainly fit the tone of these very holiday stories. Yeah. Um, but like most of them were not fit 
for the world I was trying to create, we were trying to create, yeah. you know, for the football yeah. side of it. Um, but there were a couple on there. I was like, okay, I can use these. Um, but it's like, <laughs> how would she know that? How would she know, you know? Um, and that, you know, that's something too, um, we've talked about for our future writing projects is I knew it for a very Vegas of like trying to protect that world of yours that you created. But mm -hmm. I also, you know, I don't think I quite realized, you know, people don't care that my name's on the book. They see Kaylee Loring. They want Kaylee Loring. I don't like uh, that though. Well, you can like it or not. It's a fact. <clears throat> so, you know, as per my, listen, here's the thing. You don't have to like it. Um, but I think that, I think that's fair. I don't think that's unfair of them. You know, that's part yeah. of why people develop loyal followings and will like, they like an, a book by an author and then they'll get the rest of the books by that author. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I quite realize that. Yeah. 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 Sure. You're co-writing, but like I'm getting Kaylee Loring. Right. Yeah. Um, so we just, I just think that's something for me to be aware of. Um, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean going to change anything you know the way dash's story's shaping up it's like you know it's more in line with the world of decker than it is yeah. with you know some of the other stuff um so but you know it'll be what it's going to be again yeah. we didn't write a mafia or uh you know yet um yeah, yet yet yeah yeah i mean i noticed you know i don't i don't like to connor reads the reviews i don't like to read reviews once the book is actually published but um well i told you why i read reviews it's like you get to not read reviews yeah like yeah, yeah. well so i don't i don't actually get to do that yet because i, mean, you I don't need have to, to. it's great that you do but um always with a grain of salt but some reviewers do get that um like there is and it, it's an addition you know like connor does add something to my books and we do somehow our voices blend very well together but it's not you know you are going to get probably what you expect from a kaylee loring book but if you pay attention there's um there's a little something extra a little something something extra i think in both yeah. of these so far and for sure and everything well the very least different um just a different yeah. flavor yeah yeah um <laughs> maggie so to sum up for Carrie, both of us, I think at first, just because Carrie is a hilarious person um, and also very often drunk, um, I, I, I not, when I read it too. You're, you're talking about her drinking. I have no, I have no knowledge of yeah, her drinking. But no. um, I mean, and I only know because she's always mentioning it in messages and on social media. But, but again, she's like, she's, uh, she can take it like she can handle drinks uh, and I can't but but what what I'm saying is at first I think both of allegedly. us allegedly allegedly <laughs> so but what I'm trying to say is I think we both at first did think she was seriously submitting these thinking that this would be in line with the kind of book that we were writing and and rightly so I mean I could see why if she were seriously thinking that then you know, I could, I could understand why. So I had to tell her, um, we can't actually <laughs> use these, but we're going to find a way to use them somewhere else. <laughs> no, I, I thought, wasn't Cougars on there? Cougars. She came up there. with Cougars after I after? said, oh, yeah. Okay. And that was like her first thing. She was like, how about the Cougars? Yeah. 
Um, so anyways, okay. So Maggie Robinson, who is also hilarious, would like to know what memorable Boston landmarks will fall to Connor's craziness in Billy Boston's book, which it might be too early to tell, but do you have any thoughts on the matter yet? No, no, Okay. but I mean, fantastic lobsters. Um, lobsters. Yeah. Uh Oh, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, I do remember fondly my my father I don't know why he did this but he got a limo for me and my girlfriend because I got free Fenway tickets from where I rented my tuxedo for the prom and (laughs) he rented us a limo and we went to the shore and we had we had lobster somewhere I can't remember Mm -hmm. where now um and then we went to Fenway and then a guy uh Spilled beer on her, and I almost got into a fight, but then I didn't. So hot. Yeah, it was eventful. Well, it would have been hotter, I guess, if I fought and won. But perhaps. Um, peace. Did you tell him off in a very alpha way? I did. I yeah, I yelled at him, and his friends were very apologetic. And had he just said sorry, you know, Uh about it, it wouldn't have been mentioned. But you know, but she saw she saw her friend in the bathroom, and she's like fanning her shirt, and I was like, "You smell delicious." That's what I remember <laughs> when she came back to the sea. I was like, well, You smelled like beer and buttered lobster. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so. um, appropriate. Um, so Maggie also wanted to know why Halloween in Boston, which I will say it's not necessarily that we think in terms of, or I think in terms of like pairing up a holiday with a city. Yeah, because in all honesty, we should have had St. Patrick's Day in Boston. Yeah, and that's actually something that Connor brought up and had to get his head around. He was like, because when I think of St. Patrick's Day, I think of Boston or Chicago, not Vegas. I like like it. Oh, I'm a strange one. I perhaps don't think of Las Vegas (laughs) on St. Patrick's Day. I know I'm the weird one, Kaylee. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, of course. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day in Boston. Okay. Yeah, and I I I got my head around it. It's fine. I had already come up with the uh, woke up married in Vegas thing. And I also, you know, very consciously did not want, um, did not want it to be solely a St. Patrick's Day story. I I was hoping that the Vegas um, woke up married aspect of the story would give it, you know, a slightly longer, broader life than just surrounding the actual holiday of St. Mm-hmm. Patrick's Day in terms of Well, we, we played around with that, right? I think originally the was the marriage on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and, we, uh, and then it, it moved to the, the climax, which is actually yeah. what kind of what happens in, that's how it, uh, that's how it shakes out in the Valentine's Day too. Mm-hmm. Valentine's yeah. Day was yeah. the, the end of the book. Um, but yeah, so it actually, for the Halloween one, it was just that, um, I knew that Billy Boston would be next after Nolan. And I also, Halloween just kind of f- f- fell at a good place on the calendar. It was just a creepy noise from your apartment. What was that? <laughs> that, was, about Halloween. Was like, that was the ghost, obviously. What is that? It's, um, oh, you know, it's today. Oh, today's garbage day. That's the, uh, <laughs> it's the garbage truck. <laughs> It's the haunted Ooh. garbage truck. <laughs> oh 
Um, it's uh, it's garbage. It's garbage. That's what that is. Was that a good Boston what? accent? No. I, I, not even I was close. about to ask what you were. You were, <laughs> you were. Which part of the world are we visiting? Tammy Liza Doolittle from Boston uh, is who you were. <laughs> that was the ghost of garbage trucks past. Have you have you released those yet? That was um, on the Patreon. Yeah. The... Yes, and they're a huge hit. So I'm gonna do more. Well, there we go. We're gonna switch. I'm gonna write, <laughs> and you're gonna narrate. Yep. Um, it's like it's Freaky Friday, but with accents and authoring. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, so yeah, Halloween just kind of you know being that meant an October release, which kind of just works for our release schedule. But also, um, it matched up well with the trope that I came up with for Billy. And I actually I can't, I can't remember if I came up with Halloween first or the trope, but the trope is something that uh, that works for the theme of, uh, of Halloween, what we all think of for Halloween. So that's why Halloween in Boston, we're gonna make it work, we're gonna shoehorn <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, obviously, right. there there are going to be Halloween hijinks, and it it will have a Boston flair because it's Billy Boston, not necessarily yep. because Americans think of Boston when they think of Halloween or vice versa. So here's a bunch of questions from Michelle Sutton uh, for me. Oh, <laughs> have you ever met Zac Efron in person? <laughs> she said, or is it is that a stupid question? Because surely you would have died if that had actually happened. Um, which, uh, and honestly, I would not have died if that had happened. Cause I don't do that. When I meet famous people, I, uh, make out with I them. make <laughs> occasionally make out with them. <laughs> occasionally. I mean, in past tense. <laughs> Every time I mention somebody, you're like, well, at a party one time. Well, yeah. At a party. It's not like if I just meet them making in a home. meeting, in a business meeting or on the streets, there's specific context. And it just happens that you bring up people that I had made out with. Or <laughs> it's just, it's not like I've made out with. I like, see people on TV now. I just assume you've made out with them. <laughs> uh, and I'll, well, and I'll, I'll stand corrected, okay. you know. If the well, you will stand through. corrected because I don't. I I haven't made out with that many people. It's just coincidentally, and, and I mean, especially <laughs> Not by the sample size I have provided of the text. <laughs> but it's also it's more like oh, they totally hit on me kind of thing, and I didn't necessarily it's make true. out with everyone that I hit it's on. True. But in my early twenties, John Ham. I didn't make out with John Ham. No, Stop he it. gave you the draper at, at the at the grocery store. He did he drapered yeah. me hard? Yeah. Um, so I I never allegedly allegedly. allegedly. Let's not get sued. <laughs> I could totally see John Ham coming after me. <laughs> oh, well, you imagine it, I bet. Yeah. You can see okay. John Ham coming after you. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> You know what? Whatever. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that was I. Okay, my version of whatever. That was Boston slash New Jersey. Just to be I clear, see. that's what I was I doing. See. Okay. Um, I never met Zach Af Efron in person. I absolutely knew we were one degree away from each other. Um, and the reason 
I, I don't even, please don't tag Zach Efron. That's all I'm saying. Please don't tag him because so first of all, uh, Kaylee Loring is a pen name. So anybody who knew me as a screenwriter in LA does not know me as Kaylee Loring. But um, so when I was a screenwriter, uh, I had this script that had characters in their early 20s. And my producer really, really wanted to cast Zac Efron. And this was before Zac Efron really proved himself as a good actor. At the time, he was just this very pretty young guy. And the director who was attached to the, the project at the time and I were just like, no, come on, you're kidding, right? No, 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 no. Um, so, and then, and then I started seeing Zach's work and possibly having a little twinge of regret <laughs> that we didn't cast him. And the and movie never got made. And now I'm And now I'm, <laughs> so, good job and now I'm with the Zach Efron of romance narrators. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he's absolutely grown as, as an actor. And it was something that my producer, who was, who was a great producer, who he saw it very, very early on. And he kind of knew this guy was going to be a star before anybody else did like a serious star, not just a Disney channel star. Anyways. So I think that's why I keep bringing it up, but it's also because it's, I just know it's funny. I just, I just think it's funny for, uh, it's funny for Summer. I think Summer, the Summer character in Sleeper was the first one and she's, she was like five. I just thought it was really funny that she was obsessed with Zac Efron and then pretty much every female heroine I've written since then, even who is an adult has mentioned Zac Efron just because he, he has that wide appeal because you can see him when he's, you can see him in stuff when he's a teenager and you can see him stuff now where he's got a man beard and he's an environmental crusader and he's awesome and playing psychopaths in Netflix movies. I mean, I, I, he has this wide range now that appeals to a lot of women, but you also don't really realize that he's, He's like in his, he's in his, like, I think he's like 34 now or something. Um, so he's like, actually, he actually is close to your age, Connor. Like you're like in the same ballpark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said that. You've passed on a lot of his parts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're on the same lists. I'm busy. I'm really busy. Um, so anyways, and then she says, if you could meet one of the TV slash movie stars that you so wonderfully, that so wonderfully appear in your books, which one would it be? In parentheses, or is that a stupid question? Because we all know that it's Zac Efron. And it actually isn't Zac Efron. Coincidentally, it would be Nora Efron, who is not a movie star, and I can't technically meet her now, um, sadly. But um, yeah, I think I've referenced her a fair amount at least through piper um and i and i also interestingly think that if i ever did meet nora efron she would not have liked me and and she would be like historically she the would have made out with you she would have if we met at a party real good at the grocery store and then she would have, made out with you. So, she would have eye boned me at the very yeah, least she would have um, drapered you 
No, I I actually I actually don't I think she would have found me ridiculous, but I uh, and I and I wouldn't have Actually, I might have, she might be the only person ever that I that I might fangirl if if she were still alive and if I actually met her because I'm just I really don't have that fangirl personality and I, I I don't fangirl men ever because I've learned that um if you do that especially like face to face what if you say that if you say to an actor I really love your work what they're hearing is I want to give you a blowjob let's make out let's make this happen let's do it <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Moving on. Uh, before you began writing Decker with Connor, did you already have ideas for the next books that would follow the Very Holiday and Brody Brothers series once they're over? Has Connor put a wrench in those plans with great new ideas? Um, yes and no slash yes. I, I uh, actually, I didn't necessarily have ideas for what I was going to write after Very Holiday and the Brody Brothers. I I did have it on my list that I would eventually attempt a sports romance series. And I think that probably would have come after I finished the Brody Brothers. And in the, I, if I were doing it on my own, I probably would have done baseball just because that's the only sport that I've ever actually really watched in my life. And it's so simple. Even an idiot can understand <laughs> the point of it. Um, but uh, yeah, Connor put a wrench in it in a way, but also I'm still, uh, you know, I'm still finishing off the Brody Brothers series and I'm still finishing off the Very Holiday series. And so that's, that hasn't really changed. But in terms of, in terms of specifics for what I was going to write after that, I guess I didn't really have anything that I was married to yet. So yeah. Thank God Connor came along. <laughs> Who chose all of the Irish blessings, toasts, poems, etc., that appeared at the beginning of each chapter in a very Vegas St. Patrick's Day? I loved them in the other very holiday book and was excited to see so many of this book. Yeah, um, that was me, as we said. I just, um, I just found a whole bunch of them and put them in a, a Google Doc. Yeah, so you had the document, and then we would, as we were writing. Uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't specify. And, we didn't specify yeah. before we started writing which blessing would go with which chapter because mm -hmm. what I found was it just uh, often the uh whatever the we choose for the chapter heading that can sort of influence the tone of the chapter mm -hmm. and it just kind of magically worked. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. and yeah. we used pretty much all of the ones that I came up with and and they did, they either fit what we intended to write or they somehow. Did, you, did we use the one them. from the ornament I had or no? That just ended up in the document. I think it just. I, no, you know, I used it. It was part of Billy Boston's speech within the, um, right. the first yep. prologue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Connor sent me. A, you just mentioned Billy Boston and that sound was back again. <laughs> You Weird. see, it's, um, yeah, that's, I think it's just ghost. a sign. I think it's Watch just out. a sign that we, uh, we chose the right holiday. Yeah. For. Yeah. Wicked spooky. What if Billy's, <laughs> what if we do a, um, a, a Shamalama ding dong thing? 
where at the end of the Billy Boston story we reveal that he was he's a ghost been dead all time. along. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had I had a Christmas ornament that had an Irish blessing on it from my parents from when yeah. I was young. Um, when we were putting up the Christmas tree, and I was like, "Hey, I'm." No, I'm it was actually when you were taking down the Christmas tree. Oh, it was when I was you, taking it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he yeah. sent me a text of a picture of the thing, and so I just yeah. added it to the to the list, and we we worked it in. It's really amazing. Like it's sort of like I always think of it as when you're writing, it's like making a huge pot of soup, and like you have mm. the basic ingredients that you know are going to be the base, and then as you're going along, it's like, oh, I'll throw this in. This could probably work. This, this mm -hmm. fits with the vibe of the soup that I'm making and the texture. Um, so she also wants to know, Connor, have you ever considered doing a sleep app? Meaning like reading a sleep story, I suppose. Uh, well, years and years and years ago, uh, I think calm.com hired me for something. Um, they did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that there was a calm. So there was a calm.com before it was an app? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So this was a long time ago, um, but I don't think they liked what I did. So one, <laughs> one thing. So I have not gotten back into the relaxing game since then. Um, well, yeah. we we have yeah, ideas. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe there'll be something in the future. Yeah, we'll figure out a way for him to do that. So I, yeah, I do want to say that I started listening to the Calm app um, like a week and a half ago, and I really enjoy it a lot and i've and so like killian killian murphy has put me to sleep matthew mcconaughey has put me to sleep the hot duke from bridgerton all right, all has right, put all me right, to sleep Kayla. yeah and that's what i think of every single time i listen to it of course so at first yeah. i get all all hyper thinking of connor doing <laughs> matthew Settle and then but down. i never said did you just say settle down kaylee i did i did <laughs> Can you record that for me? Danny, I need you to. Are you recording edit this right now? <laughs> I am. I need Danny to uh, just Somebody edit that out for me. That. Oh, me. me. Somebody record it. this podcast that I'm supposed to be recording. Can somebody get that for me? Thanks. Um, oh, hilarious. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? So, yeah, but, but what's interesting. And now we're just rambling, but um We I'm your co-author, but all right. We're in this together, buddy. <laughs> um I I never I've never heard the end of these stories that the men tell, but for some reason, whenever I listen to a woman tell a sleep story, uh I stay awake the whole time. And you'd think it would be the opposite. But um because I always choose like women with English accents. And for some reason, I, I think I just maybe I just enjoy it so much that I, I don't I don't relax as much as I as I could. But the men's voices actually do lull me to sleep. So this is I hope this was interesting to you. I'm sure it was very, very spooky. <laughs> Which very spooky unexpected. podcast. <laughs> it's a very spooky podcast with Keiko, with with Kalo and Coco. That's what <laughs> I named the Zoom meeting. Kalo and Coco answer fan questions. 
We How sound do you feel like about that? we sound like the apes. I know. That are learning sign language. Right. Which is yeah. kind of we are learning yeah. a new language in a way. Right. With so each other and four other people learning a new language. Who's got two two opposable thumbs? We've got four opposable thumbs. Is <laughs> learning how to write romance books for you. Oh, we and are rambling more. again. We are <laughs> we are rambling again. That's good. I can use I can use the royal like. Oh, oh, I beg your pardon. I started to ramble again. Whatever. <laughs> oh God. You know what? Whatever. That was a little Australian. I know. No matter what I do, I tend to go Australian. So mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. It's hot. It's wicked hot. Am what? I right? You're all over the place. <laughs> it is. Whenever you do an accent, it is a world tour. I could not tour. be contained. It is yeah, a world I was... tour. It's true. <laughs> What I've just I've decided to put a positive spin on it instead of like looking at it as a flaw that I can't control my accents. It's like a very unique talent that I have that I can do many accents at the same time. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would just like to add a couple of things here. One that what I said about why I don't fangirl male actors, those reasons do not apply to male romance narrators, truly, because I've found that actors who are really good at narrating romance are good at it because they understand women and are a more evolved form of human male. Um, two, I swear I've only told Connor about like one minor celebrity that I made out with. The rest of the guys, I just told him they flirted with me or I boned me or whatever. And he apparently just assumes I made out with half of Hollywood. And I definitely didn't. And I would also like to point out that I own a three bedroom house. I don't live in an apartment, but Connor doesn't retain any information about me because to him, I'm just a person who lives in his phone. Um, so because this is already such a long episode, there isn't time to add in a teaser clip from the Decker Changing the Play audiobook. But it will be live, like I said, on Audible on March 10th, and it's already Whisper Synced, so please listen to it. It's just such a great production. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and our rambling. I've uh, started a Patreon for this podcast, and I don't think you can search for it on Patreon because it has content for those who are over the age of 18, but there should be a link in the show notes for this, and also it's on kayleeloring.com. The link is on kayleeloring.com on the Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring podcast page, or just come join me in my Facebook group, Kayleeville. It's really fun in there. Um, but for Patreon, it's just a $5 tier, and you'll get uh, early access to these episodes, as well as tons of bonus content. I showed the raw, unedited audio for the Zooms that we did for this episode last week as well as Mackenzie's reading of a short script that Piper from the Barry Holiday books wrote, and Connor recorded a bonus text conversation between Billy Boston and Nolan. That was really fun. And then there's priceless recordings of me doing awful readings from my books in terrible accents. Until next time, I wish you many happy orgasms.
This is Mackenzie Cartwright, also known as the official voice of Kaylee Loring's Lady Parts. Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring is produced by Elysian Nightfall Studios and The Audio Flow. To learn more about your host, you can visit www.kayleeloring.com. Thank you for eargasming.